I'll be a nasty woman. I'll be a black life that matters. I'll be whatever you useless fools the GOP greedy old patriarchy are against because more resistance to your wicked chatter needs to be gathered. I'll be the lather that before and after tears and laughter the irritant caster to rich white women who now have pains in their bladders because they can't understand because they had us. Now they look at us like what the fuck happened? Perhaps when you and your friends were laughing, now a bunch of has-beens were caught napping when abstinence was the topic in class, then, well, if you had been listening then, none of this would have happened. I'll be the unintended. I'll be the unwanted. I'll be the poet who spews the truth that before you was flaunted, undaunted. I do this because I have to. Great if others equate, have touched hearts, or dropped jaws, so I give you permission to sit back, listen to, both kissing and missing true, so you can hold the applause. I'll be the LGBTQIA+. I'll be just another one of them putting up a fuss. And I'll be your prying boulder. I'll be the shoves that I write. I'll be a man of letters when I'm older. I'll be the greatest plan of your life. I'll be the elderly person hoping their economic situation doesn't worsen one step away from eating dog food because they don't have enough to live. I'll be the free fucking hug that you would never give. I'll be the woman that you groped or raped, bound with rope and tape, left to be found dead or alive later with no hope of escape, never lauded but degraded, never applauded but hated, for whom you may have made a big mistake in trying to take that away and erode all hope of control, who punches you back square in the nose, breaks it and makes sure there's a bump that grows, knocks you to the floor, rocks your teeth down your throat, then goes outside with your credit cards and ID in tow to buy several rounds for all my fam that I know in the streets that you'd have gag shot, beaten, or put on fucking boats. So while you and your bros are bragging about snagging those nagging hoes or waiting for the shagging up loads, you'll remember that one time you had the shit beaten out of you left for broke by a me too who remained composed. I haven't given up. I'm just trying before I'm dying to be living up because my given cup done runneth over. Love done filled it up. No, I won't shut up. Yes, I do give a fuck and I will not give up. And if you try dragging me behind your white lifted truck, your whole fucking world might erupt. But I scare you more because to me you can't close doors. I blend in. To an extent, twins, an insider, raised to be a fighter who'd happily have his skin be darker rather than lighter. Gathering sunspots on my arms like teardrops. Lathering one plot with enough charms to reach rooftops. I'll be someone who climbs, who bends, who rhymes, who upends the tables of money changers in this worldly temple. I'll be the arms who are treated like unintended resentful trash who were treated as cattle, though they better resemble the savior who ended up dying who were just trying to stash away some semblance of a simple living, giving me love, so I'll be living above the sewage you're spewing, world undoing for profit and power. I'll be the allotment of showered love I've received enough of to devour your evil plots. I'll be the have-nots. I'll be the special needs. I'll be the left of center heart that bleeds intent on being centered and giving voice to sacred creeds. I'll be whatever God needs me to be. For the coldest hearted prophet is king. All hail the, all, all hail the almighty dollar to be bothered and pushed onward. I'll be your friend. If you lend me your ear and a piece of your heart, I'll lend you the same of mine. Entwined in the same battle of the rattle cages and do our part. I'll get down on both knees. Plead if need be. Between me, God, and whatever witnesses there and here see, I'll be me including whatever that needs to be. And don't get it twisted. In case I wasn't clear, I missed it. I'm not trying to appropriate anything, but rather give back what I've been gifted. To sift through rifts and help make the consummate underdog uplifted. I don't speak the same as the average political gift did, but the truth only hurts when it's supposed to. And burns the same as my first college spliff did. I must do my part for my heart to battle love's counterpart before too many more lives have drifted. Uh, but that was fucking ridiculous, that, that poem. That was yeah, so, that was fucking so awesome. awesome. Yeah. Jesus. When did you write that? I wrote that, uh, 
I could probably look it up on social media right now, but my phone's about to die. I wrote mm. it recently because I wrote nice. it specifically for, I thought I might be in Michelle Calhoun and Stephanie McMullen's production of Perspectives at the uh, Potentialist Workshop, uh, doing an original spoken word piece. That did not work out, uh, but I'm going to create a visual poster with these lyrics on it that just says, through the lyrics, I'll be, because the title's I'll be. Mm. Um but I performed it live at the Holland Project on January 17th. And then at Writers Resist was essentially what I wrote it for because it was like this resistance project within the creative community utilizing uh, like UNR grad students, spoke of, Spoken Views Collective members, people that go to TMCC and various uh, literature contributors in the greater Reno area. Um, and I... I don't know. We, we go through the news that we go through and we go through the spikes in certain types of behaviors that are just abhorrent behaviors. And I know I'm just a dude that loves poetry and works at a warehouse, but it, it gets me uh, the last year plus since November 8th when my first reaction was, thank God I never had children. Um, um, since then it's been like this push to like I I feel like it's abhorrent that anybody who even remotely gives a shit is like trying is put in a position where they're just trying to fight to get somebody to tell the truth to just be a to just not go out of your way to be an egregious piece of shit to like not have everything you say just reflect poorly upon us as a country to yeah. the entire rest of the world. Please, can you at least... No, you can't do that. So, <laughs> um, I, and I was talking to Sean earlier about, like, I, if somebody... I'm not perfect. I, I don't have all the answers. I, I'm just a dude that's trying to make a difference, that's trying to live love and speak truth and, and keep conversations real and, and keep them open and honest and... Uh, talk about our woundedness as a whole but uh i it just this just came out of me this didn't take me that long to write because it just came to me and it was uh and even the even the time i originally when i first wrote it wrote it to be four minutes and 20 seconds long so that even the time of the poem mm. was resistance like yeah. 420 like nice. resistant like nice. even the time the duration <laughs> was even resistant <laughs> Definitely uh, thought through and through. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all for having me. Hello. How are you? This is Mark. You're listening to Up in the Mix. Hey, this is Elisa from Spoken Views Reno, and you're listening to Up in the Mix with The Truth, De La Photo, and The Token White Guy. What the fuck's up? I'm Up in the Mix. This is Up in the Mix with Sean, Cesar, and Kevin, and I'm Jesse. Four of us are keeping it real today. Ba -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> Welcome to Up in the Mix. Another episode coming to you live from the Honeycomb Hideout. Mm -hmm. This is Saturday, February 10th. This is Sean you're hearing, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. The Nar Mr. R, a.k.a. Not That Black Dude That You Thought I Was. 
Yo, yo, what's up, guys? This is Caesar, aka De La Foto, your family neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Culo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local also that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How, How the, the fuck, fuck did he, he get, get here? <laughs> and that habitual line crosser. What up, what up? This is Kevin, aka Statman, aka the professor, aka Kendall Derek Palmer, only during a full moon, aka the handsome glass of water, and that token white guy. Mm-hmm. And we are coming to you hot and ready for another. Fresh episode of Up of the Mix. Very excited. Super excited. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a great episode mm-hmm. going this week. But first off, like, how was your guys' weeks? Anything cool? Uh, no, not really. Just working a lot. Got a new computer. That's like the stimulate the economy. Thing. You have right. to, yeah. Buy so. using that tax return. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. tax return present. Got a new laptop. Just came in today, actually. What so. brand? What kind? Got a, it's a Lenovo <laughs> IdeaPad Y700. It's like a gaming laptop. So, um, Good graphic card, good memory. Nice. Really excited. Yeah, and then you got you got an extra monitor yeah. too. Yeah. So I have like it's a desktop and a laptop. You know, just hook up and then have like workstation. You know, mm-hmm. with the keyboard, mouse, everything. Honeycomb Hideout is becoming more and more mm. high tech all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's like uh, pretty soon we're gonna be running uh, businesses out of here. <laughs> It'll be tight. That's the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. Telephoto, you uh, you had a conversation with the leak, right? Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just sent them their pictures and stuff oh, nice. like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. Past uh, mm. episode. So do you want to tell the people what the news was that they shared with us? Oh, that they're coming back in March. And it'll be in Truckee again at Moody's from like what, the 13th to the 15th or something? Uh, like St. Patrick's Day weekend. So that Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday of St. Mm-hmm. Patrick's Day weekend. And they're coming back and we're 15, definitely... 15, 16, 17. Yeah, we're definitely going to go back up there and hang out at so least So if any of your listeners want to join us, mm-hmm. we'll be probably Saturdays. March seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, head back up to Truppy, Trucky, Truppy, <laughs> Trucky. <laughs> Someone's getting lost in the sauce too early. <laughs> head back up to uh, Truckee to check them out. Yeah, yeah, the link. And then if you guys yeah want to join, like probably take a little caravan up there. You know, mm-hmm. by far one of the funnest concerts I've been to in a long time. So if you and, guys are down to yeah. boogie down and have some fun up in Truckee, and it's good a place too. to go. Yeah, it's a small venue, very mm-hmm. intimate. Like you're right there, and yeah. they have they're a really good live show. They sound awesome, and it was they, so much fun. They have, yeah. they have food there. <laughs> it food was almost and, too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Food and adult beverages as well. But yeah, Weird. and then uh, yeah, so like yeah, they're they're coming. Let's go. I'm down. You know it. Down mm-hmm. like four flat tires. <laughs> and what's funny about four flat tires is if you're trying to slash someone's tires, you only do three of the tires instead of four because the insurance covers four, not three. <laughs> <laughs> that is some fucking street knowledge right there. For oh, you yeah. Guys. oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So you know, just in case you're pissed off at somebody, just don't do the Dilla photo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. Um, yeah. Knowledge. <laughs> there you Good go, guys. Knowledge. Yeah. Every day, drop knowledge on you guys. <laughs> just like you know how I'm molding the youth my, <laughs> musically, which I'm very pumped about. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's, that was my highlight of my week right there. Sean told me. This kid quoted a song that I like that we featured on the radio, and he liked it and quoted it in one of his little studies, his assignments. Yeah, yeah, that, that was I forgot. Yeah, we were just talking about that. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're we, lost. I played, <laughs> so I play, you know, I play music while I'm teaching, and I, that song from the radio show, Collaborate, mm-hmm. played that song during class, and he was like, "Oh, who is this?" You know, I wrote it down for him, and then. They had an assignment where they had to choose like a lyric or poem that represented them, and he picked that one and like what put a, in his what project. Line what line was it? It was like something like uh, "I have so much love for everyone, but 
yet I'm I, have I still, still got enemies. I still have enemies. Yep. Something like that. It's like yeah. the last line in that collab, uh, calibrate song for William, I think. For Wilhelm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So my week yeah. was cool. Had that going on. Lots of projects done. What, uh, we had our first two volleyball games. Oh, that's good. How they how they do? We lost the first game on Monday, but barely. Like we, it's best of three. So we won the first game, barely lost the second game, and then barely lost the third game. Okay, that's good. But then Thursday we came back and crushed. Like we won the first game like twenty five to ten. Dang. And nice. then Dang. Uh, uh, won the second game, swept them. Both teams won. So that was. Fun. Just cleaning up that gym with the sweep. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then they yeah, had a hell of fun. Yeah, it was. They were a hell of hyped up on the ride home. And Dude, someone brought that's their speaker. Good. So in the back of the bus playing music. <laughs> yeah, like, those are always the best trips. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're winning, right? and yeah. everyone's like, ah! <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing so quiet as the bus ride after you lost. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So we, we got win. Win. time to think yeah. about it and sulk. Especially yeah. this was our longest. Road trip of the year because you go to Cold Spring, so it's like a thirty-five uh, minute yeah. uh, bus ride out there and back. Wilding out thirty-five minutes back, <laughs> <laughs> and they had like this cool bus driver who let them play music, and then he put like music on through the speakers, hell loud. Nice, yeah. So they had a good time. That's good. Congrats, guys. But uh, mm-hmm. enough about that. We have a special guest you just heard with us this week, Jesse James Ziegler. Is that correct? Am I saying that right, sir? Yes. Do you have any mm-hmm. AKAs or anything? Um, well, uh, mm-hmm. sideways eight projects, uh, because I, that's my blog. So that could be an AKA Poetry blog. Yeah. Nice. yeah poetry, photography, just sending messages out there, like messages in a bottle, hoping that somehow somebody gets them and Enjoy it makes them. a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, JJZ, J, JJ, but a lot, you know, I was blessed with the first and middle name jesse james so that that's i'm the outlaw seeking refuge now yeah. <laughs> and in reno and obviously right, in reno he is a poet if you didn't hear mm-hmm. god damn bars <laughs> <laughs> so uh you're involved with spoken views reno yes yes i'm proud to be a uh, an active ingredient to that collective and uh I brought with me, I'm originally from this greater area insofar as I was raised about an hour and a half west in a little town called Grass Valley, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I moved here to Reno from Virginia, from the greater Washington, D.C. area where I lived for about five years of my life okay. before moving to Reno. I've lived a lot of places. I've traveled a lot of places. And uh, I started a thing on the East Coast because I was at the time working with special needs kids and that took a lot of energy out of me in me mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like I, it was wonderful to work with those kids, but the low lows were pretty low yeah, when it came draining, to draining, um, just certain behaviors you'd have to deal with and literally having, you know, shit thrown at you and things like that. <laughs> but, uh, so I was trying to think of what always gave me energy and poetry always gave me energy. Poetry, I can safely say saved my life because if I wouldn't have written it out, I would have bled it out or it would have come out in other ways mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have, I don't think I'd be alive anymore. That's awesome. Um, so I, that's what was always kind of sacred to me and made me feel most heard or the best release of whatever it is that I was going through. But I understand that not everyone likes poetry and not a lot of people appreciate poetry. So I wanted to throw out something that would help people maybe come to realize 
a love for spoken word or a love for poetry that they never knew they always had. So I was like, well, people love parties. People love beachy type shit. People love uh, <laughs> like a lot of people. A lot of people play the shit out of like Rasta, anything mm -hmm. like red, green, yellow and black color. Anything means it's Caribbean rooted, but white people own it somehow because wherever they go, they, they <laughs> lay claim to it. Because they, they, they steal everything. So and then growing up, I always loved uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I always loved uh, that ride, like back before it was a movie franchise, I, it was, I had a yeah, pirate. Yeah, for those of you that room. don't know, <laughs> it started off as a ride in Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was it was like was a, a musical with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. Not the Johnny Depp franchise. <laughs> no, yeah, I remember it being like I'd reach out from the car when I was a little kid to see if I could grab just one of those uh -huh. little plastic coins that was supposed to look like a gold coin coming out of the mm -hmm. treasure chest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never got one, but I always tried. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to guess, because Jesse grew up in the 80s. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to uh, guess right. you like the movie uh, The Goonies. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I yeah. Love, love that movie. Because I feel like kids mm -hmm. that grew up in the 80s, pirates were a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like now I, I feel like kids, you know, don't like pirates were definitely a thing you would be. Yeah. Like on Halloween. On Halloween. Like, or you yeah. like play, mm -hmm. you know, like pirates are cool. Right. Pirates and ninjas were on equal footing. Actually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the people that steal is my shit. <laughs> Raylan Pillage. Yeah. <laughs> Swashbuckler. Uh, yeah. So in yeah. Swashbuckler. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. In contrast to the uh, the idea of there's there's plenty of pirates in this world now, plenty of people just taking stuff by force, uh, using sneaky manipulative tactics so in the in the negative Capitalism. connotation of the pirate <laughs> yeah, yes right. in the negative yeah. connotation of the pirate i in contrast to that but memorable because it's a play on words is poets of the caribbean and that's why i chose to call it poets mm. of the caribbean when i was living just a mile outside of dc in tacoma park maryland and so it was a house party with a caribbean themed uh flair to it and there was an open mic and I encourage people to just get up and share. Damn, anything. these sound like cool ass parties. Yes. Well, that was fun. Mm -hmm. And and we, I mean, I like, I did all sorts of stuff at that house. It was, uh, it, 810 Houston Avenue. I dug a pit in the backyard and then we were renting the house at the time, but I like used my chainsaw and cut trees down in the yard and like made <laughs> a fire pit <laughs> in like a residential area of just outside DC. Like you should not be doing that. And I would, mm. people would gather. So if you wanted to just be near the bonfire and having rum shots or like I, I got uh, red stripe because mm -hmm. nice. it was post of the Caribbean. I figured throw it out to Jamaica, but how uh, old are you when these parties yeah, are going yeah. on? Well, no, this was when I just, Back in 2013, I think, was the first one. So okay. I did one that was the first one. Then we moved into this house. We were so you were an adult. Yeah, and it, yeah. Capable of throwing super dope, <laughs> elaborate, themed well, that, that was I thought so. I thought I thought it was appropriate uses of all things. I, maybe some of the, maybe some of the neighbors might have disagreed. Yeah, but it was one heck of too. a party. It was like uh, I think we had. For the first one, I think there was like 43 people and it was a house party and that wrapped around in the backyard. We had tiki torches back before tiki torches, not what they mean now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I'm still surprised that nobody just yeah. knocked that kid over the head at some point, but oh, maybe yeah, it'll yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. There's still time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's only 22 years old. Yeah. <laughs> right. he's, got right. he's, he's about to fuck up I'm again. Sure he'll yeah. catch some yeah. hands, someone's mm. hands eventually. Mm. Right. Uh, so that's that's where the reason and each one I wanted to have be a different theme and continue it as a series as like the idea of the what it takes in the world to combat the piracy that's going on in the world is to be a poet of the Caribbean and pay uh, homage to the area that like I've I, I loved Livingston, Guatemala. I loved uh, Belize City. Well, the parts that tourists didn't go to in Belize City, Belize. Um, I've been to the Dominican Republic. I've been, I lived in Mexico for a month. Like it's an area and I've always studied Spanish and I'm just a white dude that looks like the serial, like the poster child for what it is to be a pedophile or a serial killer. <laughs> um, I understand that that's how I physically look, but I, I, I've always tried to have my, mm-hmm. um, my heart be coming from a place that's good and, and, and genuine and, and not trying to take advantage of anything, but more like lift things up and light a candle on things that have meant a lot to me. And uh, as much as I love the mountains and I love the cold and I love the snow, the, there's something about the Caribbean Sea that always is just mm-hmm. kind of given my heart. Yeah, pause. you're making me want to be there right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's in beautiful. The water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, that is the best description of the, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you put a lot of thought into this event. Well, because, uh, yeah. You know, the age of piracy was pretty fucking exploited you know like yeah everyone was getting fucked over in the world unless you were like part of england or spain or france right or one of these right, huge right. countries everyone else was just there for the taking like mm-hmm. literally to rape yeah. and pillage them yeah right so i think uh it's a very apt analogy this uh poetry series you've put on when was the first uh when was the first event you did in reno uh the first i did a event i did in reno was november uh, I want to say it was November 11th because for some reason, 11, 11, it sticks out to me of uh, 2016, I guess that must've been. Okay. So like two years a ago. A couple years. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that was etched in bone was the theme of that one. And the, the whole part of the, th- I wore like a skeleton onesie, but my whole point was if you're an artist, it's part of who you are. Like you can't, like therapize that out of you. You can't like, it's part of (laughs) who you are. Good way to put it. Um, It's, it is etched in your bone. It is part of your fiber and being, Uh, and everyone has different, you know, some people I've known dudes that own construction and concrete companies that they were like what Monet was to a paintbrush. They were to like a giant fucking caterpillar that they would mm-hmm. make a, a hillside completely flat. So it could be a rodeo arena. Like whatever people do, they can do it in an artistic way. I just chose to be a poet. Cause that's what gave me greatest release. Nice. nice yeah. New, nice. new word of the week as well. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. You're covering all the st- questions we were going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So uh, what brought you to Reno? Like, well, because you've been all my, over. Um, I yeah, I I started thinking more about getting. I don't know. I guess I've I've always thought about my own mortality and my own my life from a very early age became kind of a meditation upon death on a regular basis. That one day I would stop breathing. One day my heart would stop beating. Uh, what do I want to do with my life? What kind of what do I want my life to mean? I had that clear back when my one of my favorite teachers marge chamberlain died in a 
car accident when I was in fifth grade and she meant a lot to me. And I just saw like, here's this person that would still be alive and teaching if she had been wearing her seatbelt, but now she's gone. Uh, that made me think about my own life and then losing my grandfather and just thinking about my age in relation to, I'm going to be 42 in August. And, uh, so I don't know if I'm going to have a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy birthday themed party or not. Cause the answer, <laughs> Ooh, I'm digging that one. But, um, would you say you're um, actually afraid of death? No, I think it's more of, it, I'm afraid of, unactualized potential like i'm afraid of i'm afraid of wasted talent Mm -hmm. i'm afraid of wasted discipline i'm afraid afraid of like people for all the people for all the places that i have traveled uh the the people that i get to see when i travel i'm full well aware that just because of who i am uh you know i happen to be born in the state of california in the united states to parents that were decently well off who could pay for me to go to college so when i see a dead baby girl on the sidewalk in india and i see flies coming out of her mouth i know that she will obviously never get the opportunities that mm-hmm. i've had and so i feel like the Perfect least definition i can do of privilege right yeah. there mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah like you're a, a white guy in yeah. the in usa yeah. grew up in the 80s and 90s like, yeah I grew up you when people could that. still like when the, how it is in stranger things. I rode my bike. We were left alone for hours uh-huh. and hours yeah, yeah. and hours. Yeah. Like we did our own thing and our parents assumed we were fine. And there's always been crazy people in the world. But since, uh, since, uh, November 8th of last year, they or the year before that. They have come out of the woodworks. That's for sure. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Growing up doing hood shit with your friends. <laughs> it's always very fun. So uh, we all love music here, uh, obviously, with the radio show. What Do you have a t- uh, type of music you listen to that influences your poetry or that inspires you or that serves as a muse? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I, li- I can safely say I like a, a wide variety of music. I pretty much – it's kind of like – anchovies like I, there i'll take pizza with anything but anchovies i'm not really fond of anchovies <laughs> me too, me too. i'll take me music too. with with i'll take the music pizza with anything but like the screamo death metal mm. like really aggressive like rah, 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 like i i can't like i just Norwegian can't death metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i just i just can't do, and if people like that and that gets them going then then cool but it it just it, yeah. It's only it's like an alarm clock to me. I just want to stop it from happening <laughs> and acknowledge I mean, the fact I feel that like there's a reason it comes from yeah. Norway. The most emotionless people of the world. <laughs> that could be it's gorgeous there. Gorgeous there, but uh it's it's that the cold when you're surrounded and the dark, by that beauty that yeah. but like that cold harsh beauty. Right. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> right. Rage. Rage. It's like yeah, it's like soulless rage going yeah. on. I don't right. know what I'm saying. Yeah. Not like in a negative way, but yeah. I don't know. It's um, absent some like Mississippi yeah. Delta feelings, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Some warmth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> warmth. Yeah. Uh let me th- let me think. I've always uh poetry-wise, I've always loved Going back quite a few years, Rudyard Kipling's If has always meant a lot to me. Annabelle Lee by Edgar Allan Poe is probably my favorite poem of all time. That's what I consider to be a love love poem. Uh, The Man in the Glass, my dad showed me that poem when I was a little kid. It was beneath glass on his desk. And I never, still to this day, don't know the author uh, who wrote that poem. Uh, Musically, uh, I would currently... I 
listen to a lot of Big Sean and whatever Eminem is uh, involved with. Um, the the Kendrick is just doing like uh, that. You know, it's kind of trite answers. It's basically I can safely say I like the ones that everyone likes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, those are but Kendrick's uh, a good choice. Yeah. Big Sean, uh-huh. you know, these are wildly accepted as good uh but then i also get folky <laughs> yeah. uh like my favorite musician if i was on a desert island i could only have the music of one musician for the rest of my life i'd pick ben harper so like right. sometimes nice. my yeah, yeah. sometimes love, yeah. like love my ben folky yeah. ben uh man, is man good, keeps me going in a in a soulful way i was listening to ben harper two days ago burn one down oh mm. <laughs> great that's a, i still remember where i was the first time i heard that Watched a guy get shot in the face with a, with a commercial grade like sprinkler at about fifteen feet away. So it actually was hard enough that it knocked him down on his back because he was so high that he didn't realize he was walking in front of the sprinklers when they were going on. <laughs> oh, he man. almost knocked himself out because of walking through a school sprinkler at too close a range. <laughs> that, it, oh, it was funny to me because it didn't happen awesome. to me. It was horrible for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's only bad news if it happens to you. Right? <laughs> right. Is that the new GOP model? Right. Yeah. Or motto? Boom! <laughs> it's only bad news if it happens uh-huh. to you. <laughs> That's an awesome story behind that song. I, I love it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we were just like sitting there like... Well, we had the, just... We, I was right near where I went to college. It was in uh, outside uh, kind of the Avila Beach area in San Luis... Like outside of San Luis Obispo, California where I went to university uh there this person had this house that they were staying at that was right near the beach like you could right you know if you opened up your windows (laughs) you could easily hear the ocean um uh you know not just like see a blue line from a distance Mm -hmm. but like close and we were going to go for a walk and it was the first time i'd ever heard ben harper and it was a lot of stuff on uh on fight for your mind the the burn one down oppression uh, please me like you want to. Um, what else? There's no, I can't remember the dang it. There's four songs and they're almost in a row on the original album. So I would just let it play. And it was the first time I'd ever heard that. And it just, I knew whoever this was that I was going to n- love that person forever. And that nice. turned out to be Ben Harper. Nice. Mm. Would you nice. say you're a John Lennon fan as well? Yeah, I don't. John, I, I have like my favorite song of all time is John Lennon's "Imagine," but mm-hmm. I read accounts of him being kind of an asshole and difficult to deal with, so right. I don't know how to weigh those life, two. That, yeah. But like my favorite song of all time is John Lennon's "Imagine." If I had to pick one, nice. So yes, I would say I like but, John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. that kind of like spawn that kind of genre. Yeah. Of, but it, you, you know, know, like more and more in an age of everyone knows everything because everything's out there on the internet somewhere you learn about people like i grew up watching the cosby show man so it broke my fucking heart to find out about bill cosby and be like what happened in his life like Mm -hmm. there's somebody i grew up welcomed into his home is how it felt yeah that's how that felt felt. yeah Yeah. and that's why it hurts people deny it dave Chappelle has that joke it's like it's like bill cosby was like chocolate ice cream it's like i love chocolate ice cream but what if you learn chocolate ice cream Raped fifty women. Right, right, <laughs> right. Fucking ice cream. Like, fuck. Chocolate I love ice chocolate ice cream. Though. Might right. have to switch like, to a different flavor. Yeah. <laughs> That's, a t- That's funny. 
<laughs> when I was Good just barely old enough to uh, <laughs> like kind of be able to walk, but not really. That's how I know I've always been drawn to diversity in my life because I was not even really able to walk completely. And apparently, as my mom tells me, I don't remember this story, but I was in a Chinese food restaurant and I love chocolate ice cream so much that <laughs> I saw... <laughs> A man that I didn't know, but he was, he reminded me of the guy named Reggie that used to raise me. And I saw him and I tried to leap out of my mom's arms while she was trying to Mm. place an order for a table to get into this Chinese food restaurant. And I apparently said to her something along the lines of chocolate man or man of chocolate. (laughs) Like I want, I desperately wanted to get to the man that was made of chocolate. Like why, why would you not want that in your life? Uh, so oh, the reason we are all these, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, especially to like a two-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Anyway, you said chocolate ice cream. That yeah, made me think there. <laughs> chocolate ice cream. So, being from Grass Valley, how is it that you ended up to be so whatever you want to call it, liberal, leftist, woke, if you will? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'd consider myself woke. Mm-hmm. I just am a guy that's trying to, uh, I, I like I don't know a lot about contemporary hip-hop for the most part but when i used to listen to like one of my favorite quotes of all time is i think it was shock g said you can tell from my everyday fits i am rich so cease and desist with them tricks i'm just another black man caught up in the mix trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents (laughs) and uh, and i'm not a black man but like i can relate to that sentiment Mm -hmm. i can relate to that like you it always feel like when you save up a little tiny bit of money something goes wrong with your car or like mm-hmm. you save up a little bit of money, then something needs to be repaired or whatever it is. But you I feel just like you're not really money. middle class until you no longer have that fear. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like mm-hmm. financially, I'm almost there. I can see yeah. like in the next year, mm-hmm. yeah, getting to that spot where like I'm saving so much money that like shit like that doesn't matter. Gotcha. But I'm 35 mm-hmm. years old and have a master's degree. And I'm still like a year away. From gotcha. <laughs> well, you, you got at least you, you completed the master's degree. I never completed. I got in. I was conditionally accepted to the program where I graduated from from uh, undergraduate and just was one day sitting in a. It was a English class that where you were supposed to compare Shakespeare and the Bible. And it was just like. I looked around the classroom. I was about dead center in the classroom. I looked around. It was just a sea of entirely like 35 all white faces. And we were talking about Shakespeare and the Bible. And I was, even though I was in the master's program, I was like, I'm so tired of reading about other people's great adventures. I want to go on one of my own. Mm. And I dropped, I dropped the program and went on a cross country road trip by myself. And the rest is history. Awesome. Damn. Awesome. Nice. Nice. Those are the type of stories I love mm-hmm. to hear. Just like an epiphany in the Pattern. middle class. Yep. You're just yeah. Like, yeah. You're just like, yeah. I'm I'm out. I had one of those yeah. on the job, you know. Like, and and like, no, like no disrespect. Like I I had a great education at Cal Poly Slow. That's that helped me become more mm-hmm. leftist or left of center at least. But mm-hmm. like trying to be some sort of ally, trying to be some sort of dude that gives back or like it doesn't just assume that i have everything that i have because i've worked so hard and i'm so brilliant and fuck that attitude i feel like all the best people i know have a story like that yeah Mm -hmm. where it's just like they're in the middle of something and they like they realize the bullshit and stop dealing with it and start living for themselves i yeah i mean learning i I would hope i would hope that people have that clarity i know a lot of people um 
some of the ladies that I work with, beautiful ladies, but they're they're single moms and they're working at a warehouse and they're they're just fighting to keep you know Some mouth on the table, filled yeah. with food mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh and i don't know how much they get the luxury that i have of being able to try to seek clarity like that like i've never really well i don't know when i was outside Giza in, in uh, outside cairo waiting to get into the pyramids because they hadn't opened yet and I looked around and I realized that everyone around me was looking at me and wondering what I was doing and kind of watching me like a hawk. And I'm like, and in that moment, I realized some people have to go through their entire fucking lives feeling this way, mm-hmm. feeling the way that I feel right now for a few minutes and no one's even hurting me or doing anything to me. It's just the way I feel like some people have to go through their entire lives feeling like they're being watched by a hawk because someone is determined to find their failures rather than lifting them up. And everybody has failures. I mean, if you're, if you watch like a hawk long mm-hmm. enough, everybody's going to fail. So if mm-hmm. there's one group of people who happen to have more melanin that are being watched more closely. And, uh, I, I don't know, like uh, places I've lived because I've wanted to live because I've wanted to, I made it a goal early on in life to have an enriched experience, like to broaden my perspective, nothing wrong with grass Valley geographically. It's beautiful there. It's at 2420 in elevation. There's some great herb that comes out of there and great, <laughs> great, great cool beautiful area. people. Yeah, spent some time over there. Um, mm-hmm. I have many fond memories of going to movies at the Del Oro Theater growing up as a kid and going to Bear River High School and I, I don't, but I experienced some just nonsensical racist bullshit as a kid at the, at the uh, country club. It was the first paid job I had that was like a regulation check, like taxes taken out of it, no cash under the table, kind mm-hmm. of like watch animals when I was a little kid type of job, but like an actual, like adult job. Yeah. An adult job. Um, Country club, huh? Well, as a, just a dishwasher working at the mm-hmm. dishwasher. So I see, I would see like elderly white people cause that's who were the members at the country club. Mm-hmm. And I would see kind of the way that they treated some of the kitchen staff. And so when I was just barely able to drive, I'm like, okay, these are the people I listen to the radio with, eat meals with, cry with, chat with, live life with. And y'all, I don't really fucking care if you have your coffee at seven in the morning or your screwdriver at eight in the morning on a Sunday because you don't really matter to me. So it, it taught me early on. <laughs> it taught me early on in life to like do acts of service, but to not really attach myself to the one that I was doing acts of service for. I would do acts of service. And to me, it was like, doing that act of service for the sake of service, but not for the sake of the person I was serving because I was around irritating people from a young age that I felt like went out of their way to be hateful and obnoxious. And not everybody was that way, but the ones that were Mm -hmm. stood out. I remember, you know, exactly how it felt and how I just, you know, I'm like, here's, this chef that's been nothing but cool to me and has given me extra food and has been awesome. And we listen to the same radio station and what of it, if we are friends and this ex bull rider sniper for the Marines just throughout this epithet that was just like, it is stopped me. And I was like, no, I don't want to ever be put on my heels by nonsense. I want to have a voice. I want to stand up for like, no, this shit is not okay. And even if I'm just barking, if I'm chained to the fence and I'm barking at the fucking moon, at least I'm barking at the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing what you want. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Would you say Grass Valley is like a conservative mm-hmm. city? 
It is and it isn't because there's a lot of people that are kind of hippie-ish that want to move there. It's a great... Condon Park is one of the greatest places you can play disc golf if you like to play disc golf. Retirement town in a way. But then there's people who can really afford to live there and have lived there for a long time. It's kind of a retirement community. There's not much industry or not many great jobs there. The population has grown a decent amount in the last 15 years or so. And, uh, you know, just growing up a Niners fan and when you threw the football in the backyard, it was like... You know, Montana to Dwight Clark or Montana to Rice or Steve Young to Rice <laughs> growing up. And you're, you're, you know, you felt like your team was winning world championships because that's how we do it in the United States. Mm-hmm. If we won a championship in the United States, <laughs> we've won the world. You know, no disrespect to Vince Lombardi, but like mm-hmm. it's not the world championship. Maybe now mm-hmm. the NFL is the world championship because mm-hmm. the best players in the world play there. potentially mm-hmm. actually play in the NFL now. Basketball, I think, is definitely that way. Uh, baseball's that way to a certain degree, although mm-hmm. some of the best baseball players yeah. in the world will never be seen in the MLB because they are from Cuba. Yeah, <laughs> very right, true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless they risk their lives to come mm-hmm. here. And I they mean, risk you, you like could, multiple times. You could spend the equivalent of $2.20 and mm-hmm. see a game that's a better game than Major League game yeah. if you go to Cuba. Right. But like... Yeah, and have a mojito minor, while you're at minor, yeah. minor league team. All those players could be triple A, right? Easily, yeah. yeah. Like high school kids out there, like just playing ball. Like they're, they're so you see good. it all the time. Like they, so good. They sign these guys from those countries, mm. you know, when they're 14, 15, 16, 17, mm-hmm. and then they come here and play against the adults. Right. Yeah. Dude, crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy except, to think about it. You know, except soccer. I'll get mm-hmm. some of the base, the best baseball players. I'll get them on Poets of the Caribbean, and I'll sneak them in mm. <laughs> and let them play in the major league baseball. Yeah. Art, it's be, an art and cultural exchange. Right. We'll just anything that anything that gets them here. We'll get them mm-hmm. here and get them. Uh, or we could just like end the embargo against Cuba. Well, yeah, that, oh, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. another yeah. option. A good thing, fucked hard like. Um, would have reversed, you know, some of the stuff that uh, Obama did. Yeah, I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy I went there before right. that happened. Yeah. I, 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 I got stuck there. Yeah, <laughs> just having take a mm. having taken a basic logic course in college, I'm like, okay, so it, on one hand, you say he didn't accomplish anything in eight years, and I'm like, well, what have you spent the entire last year trying to erase? If yeah. he didn't, if he didn't accomplish anything, anything, what have you been trying to yeah. erase for the last right. year? Because right. uh-huh. you haven't been pro anything; you've just been against. All of this shit. Yeah, yeah like literally years. Yeah. All the shit you're doing is just undoing shit Obama did, mm-hmm. which right. you were only against because he was for it. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are you for? That silence means mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're for nothing. They're just for winning right. and power. Yep. Right. Power and money. Right. McDonald's eating mm-hmm. McDonald's late at night so that nobody poisons him to death. That's like and watching Fox News mm-hmm. and being on Twitter at the same time. Right, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sober, yeah, yeah. sober, uh, dude. Just think if he does get lost in the sauce, like what he says, what he does, He'd probably be you dead know, already. like oh, just just things to you know have nightmares about. But yeah. Jesse, we thank but, you for being here. Yeah, this has yeah. been awesome. Well, so it's far. it's I, I love it. Thank you for the opportunity. The next uh, the next mm-hmm. installment in the series is coming up. So today's the tenth. Mm-hmm. On the 14th, on Valentine's Day, it opened yeah. uh, a window opened at Bruca Theater, uh, which is the one of the first places because I moved here not knowing anybody. I moved to Reno just feeling like I needed to be closer to my family. But you know how it is when you want to be like closer to your family, but not in the same town as your family. <laughs> So I'm general vicinity. Yeah. And yeah. they've moved. They don't live in Grass Valley anymore. They live closer to Auburn now. Uh, but. 
the, just being able to know that I don't have to hop on a flight. I could get in a car and just drive there. Just right knowing there, yeah. that gives me peace of mind, being closer to my mm-hmm. family, the greater kind of gold rush, Sierra Nevada Mountain, Lake Tahoe area has always been home. I just yeah. like being on the other side of it from a lot of the crazy stuff that happens in California. Mm-hmm. And um, I started volunteering at Bruca Theater just to meet people, just to be like, well, I'll find people I've done theater before and I'll volunteer and do their box office or work in the bar or just whatever and see free shows. But I wanted to meet people. And through that, I met a lot of people in theater. And I met a lot of people in the poetry scene, which is how I got involved in Spoken Views Collective was uh, just going to an event. I think it was at the former Good Luck Macbeth Theater on South Virginia since they just recently moved. Uh, but on Valentine's Day at Bruca, this will be the third one in Reno, the sixth one overall. Uh, 7 p.m. is Poets of the Caribbean, Love Letters. The whole idea is, uh, you know, musings on the various incantations, losses, and extrapolations on love. Uh, so it's, you know, lost love, tainted love, hallmarky, rainbowy, everybody has butterflies in their stomach kind of love. And, and, and the 98.7% of love that isn't that, you know, that's things that where you just find ways to unpack each other's baggage and exist <laughs> with each other. That's a good way yeah. of putting it. Yeah. Because um, most people are just kind of getting by with what they have and trying to do the best they can with what they have. And the average person uh, doesn't have all the time in the world to read like, 50,000 self-help books and, and be like an expert on life. Uh, the, so, the rest of most of us are just trying to get by. <laughs> so the, it's 7 p.m. Yeah. 7 p.m. at Bruca, which Wednesday. is Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Valentine's 14. Day. Good yeah. date. And yeah. And uh, it goes to what? 8, 830? Uh, so. Yeah. There's going to be a raffle. There's going to be uh, selfie opportunities. There's going to be some art that is available for donation. All of the proceeds of the evening, I think it's safe to say will be done by nine uh, because I'm going to have an intermission too. So I maybe, nice. maybe nine 15. I've got a uh, shout out to Jan Bruce. She's going to be the bartender. She is, uh, I don't know exactly how old, how old Jan is, but she is the coolest woman. I love her so much. She is the first ever in the entire state of Illinois licensed female bartender. She used to drink regularly with Buddy Holly. Like this woman is just old wow. school. Damn. Wow. Uh, and she's going to be the bartender at Poets of the Caribbean. Uh, my lovely fiance, Amanda McHenry, is going to run the box office and take tickets. It's $8 at the door. You can get tickets right now on brown paper tickets. So if you just search brown paper tickets by the venue, Bruca Theater, which is 99 North Virginia, or the event title, Poets of the Caribbean, it will come up. There's a link to it on the Poets of the Caribbean Facebook page. Uh, there's pictures and everything on Instagram. There's a website that's haphazardly done because I did it, so I apologize. <laughs> but if you go to poet, com, that is my website. What little there is on there, I put on there. Uh, so it's, if you are interested in the event, just remember the name Poets of the Caribbean. Look for it on social media. You will mm-hmm. find it. I have a Twitter account with the same name. Uh, it, and get to the event. We'd love to see if you're single, if you're uh, just recently came out of a relationship, if you're happily in a relationship, it's going to be a night for everybody. It's going to be a night for like, come as you are and don't focus on just your own individual relationship. Focus on the community that we have in Reno and the collective that we have in Reno. That's just trying to share from their innermost. 
Nice. Yeah, might have to take the tenderoni. I'm excited. <laughs> Question, <laughs> Jesse. Yeah. Do you need someone to play music outside of it, Ooh. like in between the sets and stuff? Because I volunteer for that job. <laughs> I would love if you would do that. I don't know. If, uh, David Simpson, who is the technical director at Bruca Theater, I believe assumes that role in addition to doing the lighting. The lighting will be pretty simple. It'll just be like a pool light over the center of center stage. I'll have my usual stage that I've had since the second one. Uh, because the first one I burned in the backyard uh, as, a, as a way to say. Like so we had a bonfire here. where yeah. there was a dog house mm. in the backyard of 810 Houston Avenue in Tacoma Park, Maryland, which was like literally a stone's throw. Like it was the front stoop was less than a mile from the edge of the DC diamond, as they call it. Yeah, so yeah. it was like really close to DC uh, where I got on the Metro was in DC and I would walk there. Uh, so, we had this dog house in the backyard and the dog house had was just almost rotten, but the, the foundation of it was good. So I thought about the idea of making the dog house into a stage that we would use in the house party. And then because it was probably infested with God knows what burning it afterwards as if to say, you can't ever replicate the first one or the first time. So we had a bonfire to burn it, and then I built a Jesus, stage. Jesus, thinks of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. I'm all, all angles. I'm all, angles. I'm, I like I'm it. All, I'm all crazy. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm the serial killer type. Look at me. White, middle-aged, mm-hmm. shaved head, tattoos. Yes, yes. He fits all the descriptions, mm-hmm. officer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, the floorboards that were the, the walking pads of the stage I built for the second one I didn't keep the risers for those, but all the stage itself is six feet by six feet that I've painted cliche black, green, yellow, and red to be the Rasta colors because people, that's yeah. people think of it. They, they're they like, see, yeah. they, they see those colors together in a certain way and they kind of start thinking along the lines of the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. Like that just ha- it, it just imbues the sense of the evening and the feeling of the evening with that. Uh, and then I've had people that have gone on the stage sign the stage at various events. The first one I did etched in bone, anybody who went on the stage signed a certain panel of the stage and that stage will be there in the Bruca theater on Wednesday evening. Nice. Ooh, very nice. So okay. listeners head out mm-hmm. there and check it out. Yeah. Wednesday, the 14th. Yeah. Valentine's day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. We have nine set performers. Uh, they're all fantastic poets. I've given them the freedom to do a three to five minute set, including a minute introduction to talk about themselves and their work. Uh, and there are people that are in independent film. There are people who are into acting in live theater. There are poets, there are members of the collective. There are members of the staff of various theaters around town, uh, that are going to be sharing from their innermost. It is a wide array of viewpoints, which I love. I thrive in that kind of space because that's what drove me to be the crazy philosophy major that I was in college. Uh, and it, it'll be a good time to raise money. All the proceeds will go towards sending the youth team of spoken views and the adult team of spoken views collective to the national poetry slam finals and the brave new voices, which is just the, basically the championships for kids, the brave new voices and national poetry slam finals. Both of them are in Chicago this year. Go Blackhawks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're Um, we're glad you could be here. yeah, Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, so, uh, sorry, I'm a very loquacious individual. Mm-hmm. So I, I, once you ask me questions, I'll, go, I'll no, just go. No, that was perfect. No, that's we good. Yeah, had to ask less questions because you were 
speaking so freely. Yeah. Comfortable. Good, great conversation. I love it. So right, we're going to yeah. move on, though, to mm-hmm. like our normal segments. Okay. And uh, we want to get your Just thoughts chime, chime in, yeah. Opinions. Okay. Keep the conversation going, pretty gotcha. much. Everyone's yeah. mic's on. We're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's the first thing, Statman? We, mm-hmm. we got uh, two trailers this week, the Han Solo movie and the Venom trailer. Yeah. Ooh. Very excited yeah. about both of these movies. Uh, Venom, Venom, awesome because it's, hopefully it's rated R and Carnage is going to be in there too. Yeah, we were watching like, a video yeah, the other night. It looks R? like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're familiar with the, the comics, yeah. like uh, it looks like they're going to have Venom and Carnage, and Carnage is played by like a psychopath killer in the comics. Mm, okay, and he's yeah. just a murderer. Like goes around and like Venom, who's kind of been a villain kind of like has a conscious though and mm-hmm. recognizes this guy's pure evil so it yeah. looks like hopefully that's what the movie's Dude, gonna be and tom hardy, tom hardy our boy yeah. our boy tom right. hardy the rapper yeah. rapper tom hardy <laughs> yeah, it's bars. is gonna be uh, tommy number one Bro- <laughs> being playing brock uh Bro- what is it brock uh i don't know brock yeah, the the Brock Lesnar. No, that's the Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. That's what it is. The character who uh-huh. becomes Venom. So uh, the trailer looks great. I didn't even know they were doing this. Mm-hmm. It was. I was hearing a little thing where it's been. They've been wanting to do a Venom movie for a while, and when they like shared the rights with for Spider Man, that that was kind of in the deal as well. I think. Yeah, because they mm-hmm. had. If for those of you who remember in Spider Man three, yeah, Topher Grace played Venom. It's supposed yeah. to take place the same settings as the twenty seventeen Spider Man Homecoming, which takes yeah. place Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe, right? Mm-hmm. It's all supposed to be like a little side story, and uh, which is awesome. Spidey, they think like the whoever's playing Spider Man now, I forget Tom Holland, him, he's gonna do like a little cameo, probably yeah. I think without the Spidey suit though. But he's definitely going to be in it to tie it all into together visually for everyone else who doesn't really know. And it's being mm. and it's uh, taking place in San Francisco, my favorite. City. San Francisco, yeah. And, and this is the yeah, first uh, Sony mm-hmm. Marvel movie. Yeah, if you're mm-hmm. wondering, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. first time. But yeah, it's going to be. I'm very excited, and yeah, the Han Solo one with our boy Do- Donald, Donald Glover, Glover. Donald Glover, Lando yeah. Calrissian. I mean, mm-hmm. so I, I will say this: I've read a lot of shit about this movie that makes me kind of scared because. They fired the director halfway through and then brought Ron Howard in. Mm. And the guy who's playing Han Solo when they started filming was so bad that they had to hire him a, an acting coach while they were filming the movie. So, Like he just, got the part and then they hired an acting coach for him. Because he help was struggling him, so oh, much. Man. Like, you're involved in theater. Yeah, <laughs> That I can't be a good yeah. thing. No, no, that is not a good sign. Yeah. When, when you say break a leg to wish someone luck without being... You know, uh, you know, o- to, to honoring <laughs> honoring the idea of not breaking certain theater taboos and and not saying uh, that's why I love love Good Luck Macbeth Theater because they're just like in your face like we're going to say what you're not supposed to say in a theater. You're not supposed to say Macbeth. And you're not supposed to say good luck. So we're going to make our name two things you're not supposed to say <laughs> to fly in the face of yeah. the people that are the most superstitious among us. That's awesome. Uh, that's uh, a, but that's not a good sign. That's not yeah. that. That's like literally that might break your leg. You might fall off the stage if you're not <laughs> paying attention that much. I say Amelia Clark, that girl's in it. She's starring. She's um. Oh, G.O.T. Clark, right? the Dragon from, Queen. From, yeah. The yeah. Dragon Queen. Oh, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Yeah, the a minority in the room yeah. in that. Yeah. Woody Harrelson's in it too? Yeah. Yeah, on the Han Solo one. Oh, I've always liked him. Yeah. He, the, the he's cast, crazy, like, but yeah, I always liked him. The cast him. is awesome for yeah. the Han Solo. And it's that funny thing. I think on the internet, Donald Glover's high school picture, he had okay. a Star Wars shirt on. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I saw. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, my fiance showed me the split screen. Yeah, it's crazy. Going from wearing Star Wars to being in it. Being yeah. in it. Yeah, that's that's nice. the American dream. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Uh, and and Atlanta season two. Oh yeah, dude. He is comes like, out so much stuff for month. him. Yeah. Can't wait to come to the Honeycomb Hider and watch it. <laughs> what day is it on again? Uh, I can't Tuesdays? remember. Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Been... It, they changed it. Mm. I don't know. But yeah. in March. Yeah. Season two starts. Honeycomb head out. We should have watching parties. We'll have watching parties mm-hmm. for Atlanta. The best. <laughs> but have you seen Atlanta? I have not. Oh, it's I, on, I've F- heard it's on FX. It. I've only heard the good two white things. Guys I've heard seen of it, it yet. Dude. Right? Yeah. 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 Like literally, it, do we watch the first scene in the opening Dude. episode? Caesar and I. I was, and yeah. We were Hooked like, it. this is so fucking good and crazy. We rewound it and watched yeah. it again. We're like, I can't believe they have oh, you this. You already on rewatched TV. it? No, because we got, like, when we saw it, we were a little lost in the sauce. Okay. And it was like, are they really letting this shit on fucking television? And then we're just, we we're yeah. like, no, let's watch it again right. to make sure, like, it's real. Yeah, just wow. like the first scene. Like, we literally stopped, laughed, we're like, holy fucking shit. And then like rewound like the three minutes the intro scene, mm. just because we're like this already so good so intense. He is such a talented yeah. individual. And mm-hmm. Donald Glover, such yeah. Yeah. ridiculous. It had, yeah. Childish Gambino's. Like, I mean, yeah. his show too, had the yeah. highest debut for a cable show ever. Oh. And then okay. the second episode okay. had the ho- most retained watch audience for a cable show ever. See that yeah. is that's he Donald. Uh, he should play Han Solo. They should get rid of the actor <laughs> and just let That's him do thing. it. Like, yeah. Fuck it. Oh, he, dude, he, he, he's um, recording a Lion King right now. He's going to be Simba. Yeah, he's playing Simba in the new mm-hmm. Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. That kid he had on he stage in the Grammys, the kid that performed Terrified with him, mm-hmm. that kid's playing young Simba. So like, he found ah. that kid That kid when he was 10 years old or 11 or 10 years old. He like had a YouTube video or something. He saw him and brought him in the studio and had him record on his last album, Vocals. And then through that relationship, when he got Lion King, he got the kid the part playing young Simba in Lion King. Damn. That, that's, that's awesome. I yeah. didn't know that. Just helping mm-hmm. out, you know, like, pass, like passing the torch. You got to help out people. Already. Yeah. You He's gotta, only 33. I'm going to say it. This Lion King mm-hmm. movie, they don't get it right. And they ruined my fucking childhood. There's no they way they're going to mess it up. Have you yeah. seen the cast? There's no yeah. way they're going to mess <laughs> no. it up. It's Look so up the cast right now. Yeah. Right. It's like right Seth Rogen's yeah. in it. Donald yeah. Glover. Yeah. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Dude, uh, Seth Rogen was Beyonce. like when he went to... Uh, yeah, isn't Beyonce yeah. playing... Uh, uh-huh. Nala. Nala, yeah. yeah. What's Who's Seth Rogen playing? Is he like... He's playing Pumba? Uh, Timon. Oh, Timon. Oh, Timon. Yeah. No, Pumba. Pumba. He's playing Pumba. Who's Timon? Yeah. It's funny too because Billy... when uh, Seth Rogen went to the Bodega Boys, the show, he's like, yeah. "You guys need Eichner? to be Timon and Pumbaa." Yeah. <laughs> Billy Eichner. Uh, is. But yeah, the cast is. Yeah, who else? Is I can't it? wait, um, dude. It's John Oliver's in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. What is he? It's does he play Zazu? The, he plays Zazu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bird, yeah. remember? Yeah. Oh, and the then bird, who's, yeah. who's playing? Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's playing? Uh, mm-hmm. What's the dad's Mufasa? Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> I got a funny James, story about Mufasa. James Earl Jones. Oh, he's doing it again. Uh-huh. Yep. Nice. I feel um, shouldn't change it. Keegan right. or Michael Keegan. Mm-hmm. Who's he playing? Um, he's a uh, Kamari. Okay. Kamari. I don't know who that is. Yeah, Wasn't that name? Wasn't that mm-hmm. one of the names of the racetracks in Mario Kart? 
Or was that Kalahari? Kalahari. <laughs> Kalahari. Kalahari. Kalahari Desert. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait. They're supposed yeah, to do uh, Mario Kart for like a phone, like a phone game. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's gonna you're gonna see everyone like trying to steer yeah, with their phone. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for mm-hmm. Lion King. Yeah. And at yeah, this okay. point, anything Donald Glover does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to say salute. You know who's the first person that really like put me on to him? Uh, Ra- uh Michael's fiance, Rachel. Hmm. We were working nice. together. This oh. was like two thousand nine and she I knew him only from like I'd seen like a stand up or something, and she's like no, like Donald Glover. I'm like, yeah, the comedian. She's like, no, he's a rapper too. His <laughs> name's Childish Gambino. And I was like, that's a lame name. And I looked it up and you I found that out. One, he, the So Fly song. You showed me that yeah, song. Like, and I was like, holy he shit. Fa- I found out like he came up with that name using the Blue Tang Gener- name yeah, generator, generator, which I had obviously fooled around with. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? And then like his mixtape was mm. fucking super good. Yeah. I only knew him just from that one gif of him holding the pizza boxes when he walks into the house on fire. You know, it's like a gif all over the internet right. of like walking into a shitstorm. Right. That's why I, just, I didn't even know it was Childish Gambino. It took me a long time to put them mm. that two What's together. What's that song? The Human Centipede song? That's him, right? Yes. Mm. That's uh, Freaks and Ge- Freaks and Geeks, I think. Okay. It has that line in it. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> I know all the songs. Yeah. Like this, Yeah, he's so talented. But anyways. <laughs> we digress. I think we, we need one of his songs for the song of the week this, this week. <laughs> we played uh, we played uh, him for the radio show this week. Next this week special episode Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day all love songs all so cuddling. Check Ooh, that out. A lot of fucking gonna go down. <laughs> Shooting yeah. up the club, hopefully not. <laughs> don't, be, right, don't be catching bodies out in, there. In some you know local news, more serious local news. <laughs> Steve Wynn, the, the CEO of Wynn Resorts in Las Vegas, resigned this week after multiple reports of sexual misconduct. Misconduct, including paying a woman seven point five million dollars that he that he had raped, to not tell anyone to report it. Nice. Oh, a new article just came out too. It was like and what it's like to work with him. He was talking about like banging his fists and spitting in employees' faces and just like it's a people, terrible guy. All I read around. people would hide in the people would hide in the bathroom yeah, when he was there, so they wouldn't have to deal with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, There's a whole article that just came out today. About this, like employees tell all about working with him, and he's just a total fucking asshole. But we were talking last night. Like Braden made a good point. Like they, like some of these guys are only getting taken down after their power has come. You know, like if this had happened fifteen years ago, right? When he was like expanding Vegas and everything, it would have been huge. Mm -hmm. It it took like twenty years, basically. Yeah, he's fifty-seven now. But it took twenty years to bring this guy down. Like he's been doing this shit forever. It took literally twenty years before. Yeah, of course, he yeah. was head of the finance chair for the RNC. Republican. Yeah, of course. Yeah, him and Sheldon Anderson. That him and Sheldon <laughs> Anderson, Vegas, to the fucking mm-hmm. casino moguls, Las Vegas Review, like Journal Review, total fucking Republican, you know, right wing show of paper, like or the Sun, gotten in, or the Sun. Yeah, they've gotten in all sorts of trouble because they're so biased because yeah. of Sheldon mm-hmm. Alderson. Alderson. Yeah, and Steve Wynn. You know the casino fucking guys there. They're the ones bringing the. They're the ones benefiting from the Raiders moving here and, uh, yeah. you know, using all that public money and lying about the figures and everything. Like these guys are fucking assholes. So yeah. good riddance to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah another 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 domino drops in that mm. in that uh, just massive awareness that people now have because of hashtags and movements and. Have you ever worked for a boss like that? Like a screamer, yeller, asshole type? 
I felt that way about my dad growing up. I love my dad. I love my dad. We're just different uh Different generation. I was saying, like, and millennials don't put up with that shit anymore. Six, I think. Like, four. I Jesse's not yeah. a millennial, though. Yeah. I'm, uh, your ex. Yeah. Your no, ex. yeah. Millennials, yeah. I think, are they'll come into places and they'll be like, look, you don't have... Like the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, like nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. Like millennials are not willing to give their consent. They're just like, no, you don't get to treat me that way. Mm -hmm. And the the boss for standing up for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then the boss is like, I don't give a shit that you have a liberal arts degree. Uh, you will do what I say, and the boss acts more authoritarian Mm -hmm. and more venomous and more like. I feel like our entire society is going through like Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Almost said it. Ooh. Trumpito. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it's like a sign of like as a just call, society I call him, we're going Just call this. him dump. 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 Yeah. I call yeah. him dump. Yeah. Yeah. He's the epitome of like that personality. The reaction to this. Yeah, ultra. Doesn't that, think things through and just reacts brashly and is an right. asshole. And Emotionally. Doesn't, doesn't take your, you know. Yeah. And when someone yeah. po- tries to point it out. You're wrong. They yeah. don't yeah. give mm-hmm. a shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And they just it's like all deflect the, by anger. All the bad like white dude stereotypes from the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah, like it's, it's like the, <laughs> right. the devil right. only has a couple of tricks that he pulls out of his bag. And one of them is like, blame everybody else for the things that you do yeah. as a distraction. Victim mentality. It's not a complicated trick to play. It just like mm-hmm. the one trick pony is just this, it keeps going. It, it just has like a sense of inevitability to it. Because there's always dumb people. Yeah. That's the thing. The things we try to teach There's always large groups of lazy, dumb people who will fall for it throughout human history. That's always how it is. And it's usually yeah, the for the majority. illusion for the yeah. illusion of control and security. Yes. They, they are willing to support that. Yes. Mm-hmm. For the, the illusion, illusion of control of safety, and security. A mm-hmm. false yeah. thing that yeah. doesn't exist. A facade. Yes. Mm-hmm. But anyways... Fuck Steve Wade. Yeah. Happy happy taking the L. Yeah, good job. And his wife's mm. starting to sell like she finally lost control of some shares or something, so his ex ex wife is able to sell like a quarter of the company. And oh, hopefully the yeah. people who are replacing yeah. these guys aren't just like similarly minded fucking yeah, douchebags like just, just rise copies. up. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, when we see these people removed from their positions of power, they're being replaced with more decent people. Hopefully. Right. I would like to think that. But hopeful. yeah, the, but the I'm arc. Hopeful. Hopeful. I'm hopeful of it, which but the reality. Not, though. I'm not believing that that's mm. the case most of the time. It's gonna take. Well, it's the, uh, there's a lot of evidence to the contrary in this world. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was say it's gonna cut, take a couple more decades. I yeah, think. For, yeah. yeah, because like usually people in power are dicks, and like that's how they kind of got there. And they surround you know? the pe- themselves With, by those people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so like common. Like-minded people, probably it's going to be the same thing. Well, it's there's certain mm-hmm. personality. I don't know if everybody that I'm in the room with right now, there's four of us, has ever taken the Myers Briggs personality type indicators. But yeah. Yeah. it is shocking to me certain types of jobs, like police officers, uh, clergy, counselors, teachers, certain like go down the list, business executives, uh, certain of the 16 personality types that if you allow for their thesis of like, everyone's one of 16 personality types, two various degrees of four categories, but the amount of like the, the higher percentages of certain types to begin with and 
the much higher percentages of very individual types within certain positions, like who rises to the top in those positions. It's almost across the board, certain like one or two of Of the the 16 personalities. And it's crazy. And then like, uh, I'm an INFJ. So like INFJs are almost always poor, but like, they're the ones that like, (laughs) they, they can't, uh, what's what's the nickname for yours? The, the counselor is the nickname for (laughs) mine. Yeah. Uh, but it's statistically speaking, the, the rarest, especially among men. So I grew up with a feeling and a sense of constantly feeling outvoted, like constantly feeling like everywhere I looked, people were doing stupid things that I didn't really care about. And then I went to college and met all these people that are like, Oh, they like to talk about these kinds of things or like they want to meet people that are different than them because they want to learn about something they don't already know. Like that's a right. novel fucking yeah. concept. Yeah. Grow as a person. Right. You said, you said INFJ. Yeah. That's a, the advocate. The advocate. Yeah, okay. I mean, I've never heard it described that way. What does that say? It's, it's actually like the rare. reader's digest version. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes up 1% of the population. Um, diplomats and born sense of idealism and morality sets them apart. Accompanying judging trait. Yeah. Uh, are not, Ideal dreamers, but people capable of taking concrete steps to realize their goals and make lasting positive impact. I, Boom. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> like Oprah Winfrey, Adam Sandler. What are you, so, Kevin? Uh, I can't remember. I am a, I took I'm a long the time ago. ENT. I'm an E something. Uh, I'm the debater. Mine's called the debater, I think. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> if you read mine, Shocker. yeah. Yeah, if you Shocker. read mine. The ENTP or ENTP. ENTP, yeah. I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Now I'll take it again and we'll have another segment. Yeah, yeah, talk we, about we all just take it, yeah. Hey. <laughs> so the next thing, I read this article the other oh, day. Oh, I'm excited about this. And I was like, Science. holy shit, this is fucking crazy. So there's a mutant species of crayfish, crawfish, crawdad, whatever you want to call it, in Europe that's taking over it's bigger than most other ones and it's the like fish and chips big or like how big just bigger than the normal size okay. not lobster size big okay but they're okay. almost like twice i as got big hungry as the there for a size. second but the thing is hungry. they clone themselves they're what asexual the f- they're all female and they clone themselves and it's a they said it was caught they've like did they uh tracked the whole genome oh. and it started in like a, they think in like a pet store is just a, one had a mutation, a sex mutation where it has an extra chromosome that allows it to uh, clone itself to reproduce. And they lay all these eggs and, and it's happened over the last 25 years. Oh my God. Forget about the rise of the machine. It's going to be the rise of the crawfish. <laughs> well, but, and so like I read this whole article, I'm like, holy shit. They're like it spread all over Europe. They're like, there's none of them in the United States, but they traced it. To like the it it mutated from a species that's only found in like two river basins in Florida. So what they think happened was like in a pet store, this one species had offspring that was able to do this, and now it's spread all over Europe. And they're not, but they're not too worried because this has happened before in right. evolution. Right. And usually, what the problem, the reason like most species have sex and ch- exchange DNA is that. Every species, all these, every single one of these has the same exact DNA. It's same exact, you know, so if any sort of disease or anything happens or virus happens, it'll wipe wipe Mm. up the whole species. Interesting. So they're saying, they're like, they're like, yeah, like 
best case, this could last, you know, maybe they last 100,000 years. Right. But eventually they're all going to die off from something. Like gotcha. it could, you know, they're like, since it's happened and they've been able to study it, they're going to be able to track the evolution of this brand new species, the gotcha. natural occurring brand new species. The it's contemporary like, Republican colonialism has not been enough to kill it. <laughs> it hasn't been enough to finish it off. Well, yeah, it was like I came across that on Facebook. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. That's a crazy article. Crazy. That's awesome, yeah. though. Yeah, science. Yeah, so some little I, science. I dig it, yeah. I got a nerdy stuff like that sometimes. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. it'd it be like that sometimes. Uh-huh. It's it's like, that's cool. I'm yeah. glad you shared that. I always that. like you know, evolution, <clears throat> you know, as a... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just it was like a logical person, so mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> find evidence to defend it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's gonna be. Oh, next thing you know, like a uh, new book Ooh. about the wire. Fuck. Have you watched the wire? Or, no, I've. You? I've yeah, you lived in the area. I lived. Yeah. Baltimore was an interesting place. Uh, I had I imagine friends that lived in places that were not near. You know, Camden Yards and the uh, waterfront and the National Aquarium uh, that would just flat out tell me, dude, don't you shouldn't come here at night. Like, I love you. Don't come here at night because you and I I respected them for just giving me a heads up, just trying to keep me safe because they're like, look, I I know you, but uh, (laughs) you'll do and the yeah. same thing happened to me in New Orleans. These guys were run up behind me. It was like three in the morning. I'm dressed in a suit. I had just gotten drunk on uh, Bourbon Street or the French Quarter. And uh, two dudes were running up behind me. And I was like, you know, in dress shoes, not able to run. And they stopped. I I thought they were going to try and do something to me at first, which shows you some of my predilections I need to get rid of. But uh, they came up to me like, dude, you shouldn't be here. A guy like you is going to get hurt around here. Like you should get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And they were just trying yeah. to help me out. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, you know, once again, uh, people that might be uh, scoffed at uh, simply because of the color of their skin or where they were born, uh, trying to help me out, trying to keep mm-hmm. me safe. And the people that would hurt them, I vehemently disagree with and want to keep myself across my entire <laughs> life diametrically opposed yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy because I went to I went to D.C. last year, I think. Yeah. And then I would talk to people and they're like, yeah, like. Baltimore's coming around like there's mm-hmm. like really good food coming out oh, of there. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. And it's just like you know, like the wire just like you they know, love their us, ravens. Yeah. They love their ravens. Yeah, they do. And they you know, the wire is like, yeah, there's just like a certain area, you know. It's kinda like when people are like, Oh, you're from Reno, Reno nine one one, you know? Yeah. It's kinda like the well, same I thing. Well, I knew over a there. guy, I don't remember his last name. Uh his name was Eric. He dated a friend of mine. He was a cop, he was a Baltimore PD. Small oh. white dude, ran track in like high school and college named Eric kind of an asshole. And he like the cops would refer to the citizens of Baltimore on a Friday or Saturday night. Cause I would hear them talking when my friend was dating him. Thank God she's not with that guy anymore. And she moved on to a much better guy. Um, shout out to Becky. Uh, but for leaving for leaving Eric, making but they would good, refer good to choices. The, they would, yeah. They would refer so to, to you for making good choices. Yeah. They would refer to the, uh, the, you know, like it's time to go tend to the zoo animals is how they would talk about people partying on Friday and Saturday nights in Baltimore. Hmm. And it's the, the part you can, you can rag on Baltimore for being a certain way, but Baltimore was made to be a certain way because of lines that were drawn 
because of funding for certain things. Segregation, redlining. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like it, it's like it's yeah. the direct. It it is going through a resurgence, as mm-hmm. did Detroit, as did various other, as Reno is yeah, going yeah, through, yeah. Uh, in in many ways, uh, creatively. Um, but they, uh, the Ravens fans have a lot of heart and soul. Unfortunately, they beat my Niners in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. But I was living in the greater DC oh, area. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sean. I had to deal uh, with. I had to deal with uh, people who were talking crap. Ground, yeah. I literally was just laying uh-huh. on the ground. When that and that last, yeah. uh, and that last, they had like a fourth and goal too. Uh, I remember that play. It was uh, the worst possible. <laughs> like why? For like a little kid stomping your feet. I, I was so sad when that happened, Jesse. That yeah. I didn't. I stopped. That's when I stopped watching Sports Center. I never, <laughs> I like literally didn't watch Sports Center for a month. Um. I even stopped playing Madden. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty too sure like, my soon. NFL <laughs> fandom like it will never be the same. The pre-Super Bowl same. Because yeah. everything oh, that's happened man. since hey, then. It's like yeah. my Raiders as a society, but like mm. not just. Everything that's happened since then with like concussions, oh. well, and with Kaepernick, Kaepernick mm-hmm. and like everything that's gone with on the Jed NFL York since being then. being a dipshit who, sh- who should not be running and a football Firing team. Harbaugh yeah. and just yeah. like everything you've lear- I've learned about that. I got no problem with then. Lynch for the record. I like Lynch, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, like, and I like Kyle yeah, Shanahan. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, ever but like. Yeah. That was a turning point for sure. That was yeah, like that the was, you know, I was like thinking the turning point because yeah. after you know you didn't really know about concussions, but then like that movie came out that spring, right? Mm-hmm. And then like everything we've learned since then, and then Aaron Hernandez had like yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, downhill from up. the yeah. NFL and me yeah, as a yeah. fan of the NFL since the game then. has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah your fandom oh. is is not mm. for long no. at this point. Is what NFL stands for exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the Although next I'll thing, always bleed the well, red and gold. But I think I'll we kind of we kind of glossed over this. But where we were talking about the wire was there's a book written. Oh, yeah, on bad. the inside. <laughs> the we book was talking written, about Baltimore. The, the, the book was written on about the filming of the wire, of how it came, and like inside stuff about the cast and how they came to be with these stories and like bubbles and I don't know. It's got pretty, yeah the right like they brought in like if you've seen the, the excerpt. Well, no, I, I like the ba- the the Baltimore PD guy, the one guy that I knew mm-hmm. said. If you watch The Wire, like that's pretty damn true to life. Like that, yeah, that, yeah. That they had, actually happened. Happened. The excerpt I read was talking about the mayor, and they had like the former mayor plays uh, like the health services person in the show. Okay, mm. and like they li- would literally get like some of the like when the mayor goes to meet with the governor and refuses. That was based on a thing that actually happened. Oh, then wow. they had like the former chief of police played like someone else in the show. And they would have like some of the stories, and yeah. then like the two writer, one writer had been like a beat re- crime beat reporter, and the other one wow. had been a politics like a reporter about like local politics. Mm-hmm. Okay. And two of the writers, and they used like the the guy who plays Clay Davis, like his character's based. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got yeah. episodes yeah. for days. They got episodes. Like for all days. of the, like all of those characters are based off real people, wow. and a lot of times they had the actual people on the show to like tell them stories and shit damn that's that's yeah. why it's yeah. so realistic yeah. so fans if you yeah. haven't watched the wire you should no yeah i've only yeah. i've only heard that's good things started, about people who get into start that hbo show. obviously but like started the their original content show yeah. Yeah. it was one of the first well, like mm-hmm. everyone Critically after the wire everyone wanted to have shows like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now you know that's how we got, we got like showtime and then now like netflix and amazon you know all these yeah companies making their own shows so, so. Mm-hmm. yeah the yeah. book is called all the pieces the inside story of the wire 
people want to check it out. So check All it the out. pieces. Who's it by? Mm. Um, Give me a sec. No worries. I was just curious. All the pieces yeah. is the title of the book. Uh, Jonathan I, Abrams. Jonathan Abrams. Okay. He was the producer of yeah. The Wire. Okay. And it's like an oral history. They have interviews with all the characters from the show, the writers, and people who are involved in making the show. Like, I read an excerpt of it that they had for free. And it was awesome. Like, the stories you're telling, you're like, oh, okay. That makes, like, they you know, they talked about, because the first time you see the mayor, so um, one of the four detectives, the guy that gets in trouble, accidentally walks on him getting a blowjob from an intern. Yeah. And uh, they were like, yeah, that's in the they're like, was he that's intern based wearing on- a blue dress? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was black. Okay. <laughs> but like that was based that off again. like a we true story, <laughs> like someone, like an unconfirmed rumor that they had heard mm-hmm. of like a reporter doing the same thing to a city official. Mm. And they, then they used it in the in the, nice. you know, mm. the show. Mm. Nice. So I think you would like the why because it does it tackles you know the failures of the drug war, the criminal justice system, systematic bias in law enforcement, and other social. Even like yeah, I mean, one, one season has everything. like the school system, and you see how like the kids go from middle schoolers that are coming from terrible situations mm-hmm. to getting involved in the like, in the drug game, and like as they're in like literally shows it as like. That's their only option. Mm-hmm. Right. Some kids become addicts. Some become dealers. Some become corner kids. Some become, right. And yeah. it's just mm-hmm. and you know, they <laughs> little like even the kids who try and make good choices. It just shows how hard it is. Really made me yeah. understand privilege. Like we were talking about earlier today. Yeah, about there's privilege, uh, there's like, two videos I've seen online that I don't remember you know what they were called or anything. Uh, but they one was about throwing a wadded up piece of paper in a classroom that a, uh, a I've, I've used having. that in class. Uh, and another one was just a, a video of people. There was a huge, huge grass field and a bunch of people that looked like they were all younger for the most part, like maybe high school and college age people. And, and the guy's up at the front and he's like, you know, take two or three steps forward. If, you you know had a dad growing up in oh, right. or yeah, and right. he asked like he goes through all these statements and by the end it's like the people who they hadn't even started the race yet yep. and there was like four or five people that were all oh, white yeah. males Almost like they the end, like yeah. or maybe mm-hmm. there was like one was like four white males and one white female were like two-thirds of the way across the field yeah. i do and, that you know what I mean? I do like that, people just don't understand walk. that. I do that uh, exercise every semester in my class. Yeah. And like, nice. it's like, an amazing thing. Yeah. And I make the kids close their eyes while they're doing it. So when they open, uh-huh. they see how far and like, and then we talk about it. And like, it's always painful for the kids who are in the back to talk about what it feels like when they open their eyes and they see. And this, you know, and like the thing I always tell them is all of them live in the same pretty shitty neighborhood all of them are pretty poor yeah you know low income poor families and even within them there's a huge discrepancy of privilege right so then i'm like think about that like you guys go you guys live in sun valley and central reno right two of the poorest parts of this entire region right and I just moved here September of 2014, and as soon as you said Sun Valley, I was like, "That's not surprising," <laughs> because I've only lived here a few years. But I already know that, that like Sun know. Valley is essentially n- no disrespect to people who live there, but like there's a lot of generational poverty going on. And that's the thing mm-hmm. you see at my school, and that's what you see is like these kids who live in generational poverty, just like in the show The Wire. Mm-hmm. They literally have no like you. We go to such great lengths. 
And I was telling the story yesterday of this kid who's on probation. This kid knows, like, he is going to juvenile detention for months if he gets in trouble again based off of stupid things he's done. And me and another teacher are sitting there begging him not to go get in a fight that we know. I was like, I'm, if I know about it now, like, you know school police is going to get involved. And they're going to know you're involved. And if you get in trouble, like, you're literally going to be locked up for, like, four months Probably yeah, not going to graduate. You're not even going to finish that day of class. You're not going to. You're not. Yeah. You're not going to finish done. eighth grade. Yeah. You're probably going to drop out of high school. Oh, and it, and it's and it's and at he, that like age. literally he's like he's like fuck that. And we're like like no. Like, right. Think about right. what right. you are about to. You're right. literally this could be the biggest moment yeah, in your that life. Is, mm-hmm. If you're in and, eighth grade and you're missing the transition into high school, and missing huge. the transition yeah. into being and he's and he you know, he didn't do it. Thank God. Okay. Thank God. But like. You see that, and that's what happens with generational poverty. So, right, and then you have like other. Well, I'm just going to come out and say it. You have a lot of other white boys that can almost fucking get away with murder. Some of them have, exactly. Uh, that Brock, as far as like that making mistakes, guy that he yeah, the, yeah. The well, like he, someone I grew up with, yeah. As you know, like a 19 year old in college, totally fucked up, was addicted to coke. <clears throat> You know, like, you know, like, got right. so pregnant, like, terrible, like, and because of, like, the wealth that his parents had, literally faced no consequences from any of his actions. Well, the, like, And then went on, and now, like, you know, is mm-hmm. seen as, like, normal, decent, upstanding person, but fucked up more than anyone I've known in my life, right. but literally faced no consequences for it because and that's he was probably a why wealthy white kid. Yeah. I don't, there, who was the guy that fucking dipshit driving the truck that on the Columbus Day there was the oh uh, yeah the thing yeah the, the guy arch. that drove over the person yeah that the drove arch. over a fucking mm-hmm. woman dro- like almost no, like, almost God, paralyzed the people, this woman the that was people trying to help out who the were Native arguing Americans. and tried hitting him yeah got more in trouble for trying to punch him than he did for running over a person with a right, car right and that happened right by on our per, after Arch. he said mm-hmm. he was gonna yeah. after threatening to do it on film and then doing it oh they got it over the um, indian protest yeah yeah. yeah yeah he got in more the the people who punched him and were arguing with him got in more trouble than he did for completely starting and antagonizing everything and then right. threatening to run over someone and then doing it right and he only got like probation Right. And, and I'm like, I immediately, I'm like, uh, you are a hateful individual. And why, why do all the hateful individuals always drive white lifted trucks? Like, <laughs> why, like, why does that happen? But, uh, he common thread. I'm like, there's somebody with connected parents mm-hmm. Yeah, was my first thought that had to be somebody with connected parents. And I like, heard thank you, Shivi, like for a lot of things, but you dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. Mm. I heard along that was the case there. Along the kind of same theme, I want to bring this up real quick. I want to talk about about the Winter Olympics, the conversation we were having the other day about um, how the Winter Olympics really aren't a true testament of the top athletes in their field of sport. Right. Because typically, if you're a good good at luge, like mm-hmm. you weren't, if you have to be a, like, like privileged so, family to yeah. be able to be doing or like luge someone in your right, family was right. in luge. Yeah, or something. like that. Because like, our friend was saying like. The, like the captain of the bobsled team, his dad was like a bobsledder. Yeah. But we're like, yeah, like, what are the odds that LeBron James kid's going to be the best player in the NBA? Very small. Like, we're like, if you're the fastest runner, like the person who wins the gold medal in the 100 meters 
is literally the fastest person in the world. Like right. because yeah. mm-hmm. everyone knows like in your school who the fastest person is and those people right. always go against the other fastest people. Right. Yeah. And you just weed them out along the way. Every country can do that. Easily. But in winter yeah. sports, because they're not based off that. Right. It's based off income as well. Like as a kid, my parents took me skiing since I was like four years old. So right. I became a really good skier. And if I would have like pursued right. it more and you know i probably could have gone really far right but a kid from south chicago growing right. way more or, athletic than you but yeah. never skied could potentially be a way better ski exactly mm-hmm. right and it's um so the winter olympics are like the white olympics yeah i love the i love the hockey part of it but that's yeah. the, that's winter uh, white uh, yeah. all right makes sense yeah. makes sense right. to me. but it's funny i grew up i always loved the winter olympics and i like we had this conversation the other day i was about like it. fuck the winter olympics. i was like holy shit yeah i didn't understand it's a bunch, of, a bunch of fucking activities yeah. rich white people do activities yeah. not even sports yeah right? yeah like, yeah. like, cur- like curling yeah or yeah. just cross-country mm-hmm. skiing <laughs> like every single one of them would be mm. its own page in that book things white people like exactly. yeah. yeah whereas like the summer olympics are just like how far can i throw this rock how fast can i run yeah. how far can i throw actual this feats of like, like yeah. that anyone can do yeah, shout out skill. to, yeah. shout out to <laughs> usain bolt the fastest they're like man. universal can, I jump? Skill. can you jump over that they're based I, I off I could jump over competing that, in <laughs> physical events Right, like that's been going on for mm. thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. it's not like can you jump higher than me. No, yeah. fuck you, yeah, I can jump higher. Because like yeah. <laughs> the Winter Olympics is to me, some of those things are just above video games, <laughs> or like right. poker. You know, right. like right. Like, are you good at this because you do it a lot, or are you good at it because you're the best at it? Yeah, and that's mm, okay. Okay, you, you know, well, like what's the sport? It's like the the biathlon, but where you basically where you cross country ski and you shoot, shoot a rifle. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like, there is like you could have just called the sport angry white man, right? <laughs> like, like trying to survive in northern Russia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Survival in Siberia <laughs> or like, or, or northern been, Minnesota. People have only been skiing for like seventy. <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, where that, that's where that sport came from. It was like people in Alaska and Canada. You have to, yeah, and Wisconsin. They have snowmobiles in the 1800s. North Dakota and whatnot. So you have to fucking cross and go hunting. And respect to skis. the people who do that well, like mm-hmm. to, who keep, who manage right. their heart yeah. rate yeah. and can shoot a gun straight. But it's just like there's something almost re- I mean, at that point, about that At that sport. point, you may as well just have like every single type of mode of transportation that's physical right involved in the olympics from like long right. distance skateboarding <laughs> right like long distance skateboarding well, that's basically what it is <laughs> like come on <laughs> have like long distance rollerblading yeah. uh, while shooting the, like, scoot, like yeah. who can ride a scooter fastest yeah. over 26 miles like i mean at what point do you separate? <laughs> like, why are some things better than the other? <laughs> like, mm. Come on. Well, it just comes down to whoever, whoever's already mm. in power. Right. What, it's like they, yeah. po- what like they popular. say they like. Yeah. These aren't sports. Like, some of these are have been <laughs> made into sports. Yeah. Right. Where they were activities that people did for fun that were not competitive. Right. right. And right. then now, the fucking white people have to make them into <laughs> fucking sports because they can't do fucking regular sports. Right. Yeah. Like, when I, I, that was a like culture figure shock. skating. Yeah. Culture shock moving to Montana. <laughs> yeah. And you'd go, I was like, I want to get a basketball because I want to go shoot some hoops. And, like, here's my thing I'm yeah. not saying these people aren't athletic. No, no, mm-hmm. I don't They're I'm not talented athletic. athletes. Yeah. And the drive and work that they yes, do. Yes. I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying it's kind of funny the types of things they use as a vehicle to, to display their athleticism. <laughs> right. Curly though yeah. I know, yeah. like curly. <laughs> Come on, right. like those guys are just sweeping really hard. You know, like if I see yeah. someone playing tennis, 
it's very easy to see the athleticism that, right and how that translates right or basketball or baseball or right. long jump or running or whatever right. see that's why as far as the winter olympics are concerned that's why i love hockey yes because you have yeah. like hockey is an actual sport yeah. especially yeah. team sports right that's a, that's a sport you could yeah. do with not just being privileged. Like if you just right. basically, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, sticking skates, a rock. You just has a little sort of Like just because yeah. there's not if like a direct correlation right. necessarily between rich kids play hockey. Like scrappers, right. some of the best fighters I've known in my life played like recreation hockey. They're just regional sports. Yeah. Right. If you grow up anywhere, like, if you grow up anywhere tradition. cold, but like, you can but play, skiing, play but, hockey. But skiing yeah. is not because we. I grew up here and I... My yeah, lift took, tickets cost money. My parents took yeah. me, bought me equipment, bought me yeah. gear, bought me lift tickets. But some kids have never been skiing, and they've lived in Reno their whole entire life. Right. So that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, like yeah. Youth, there's not like cheap youth skiing leagues. <laughs> is my point? Yeah, we're like they, you know right. everyone can compete to find out if they can be an Olympic athlete. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. There's not that. Yeah, it's but like that coin there is that you had for as a kid where you drop any coins and it would sort them for you. And it's like, mm. yeah, only the quarters get to ski. Like, <laughs> you're going to be down in this segment of this yeah, plastic yeah. jar that only the quarters can get to. So I guess our point was that <laughs> there's probably <laughs> some really super awesome people who could have been crazy skiers doing way cooler shit that's been yeah. done. Right, but they just never had the chance. Well, that's why Cool Running's mm. in such a great fucking. Movie. <laughs> that's a great movie. Kiss no, my egg. Do you th- Kiss my egg. I think yeah. there's something. I don't know if it was. I might have just <laughs> randomly looked at it, but like, I think there's like a girls, all girls, bobsled, team? Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah an all girl. They're um, they came to Jamaica. They live in the U.S. now. They actually live mm-hmm. in Houston, but they're all from Jamaica. Yeah, but they're gonna go back and yeah. Represent mm-hmm. Jamaica. I'm the from Jamaica, Jamaica man. The Jamaican yeah. bobsled team. <laughs> yeah, there's right something the special. Beach. There's something special the in Jamaica. It all comes back full circle with the the poets of the yeah. Caribbean. Yeah, Usain Bolt, poet of the Caribbean. <laughs> He's poetry in motion when he writes. <laughs> Unfortunately, because of the whatever incident, he didn't get the one team medal. Mm. But, what time? Where are we at with time? Like a buck twenty-five. We're at a buck twenty-five. Yeah, jump into the rapid fire. Yeah, yeah. let's go down to the rapid fire questions. <laughs> brats, brats. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Yes, sir. We're gonna ask you some rapid fire mm-hmm. questions. All right, and just answer me. them the best you can. Yeah. Okay, so, Kevin, you want to start mm-hmm. us off? Simpsons or Family Guy? Oh, Simpsons. Good answer. Nice. Grew up in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pizza, cheeseburger, pizza. All right, all right. Pizza. All right. This one, favorite poet. Favorite poet. Mm-hmm. Not poem, poet. Without trying to sound vain, I'm trying to be my own. Nice. Okay. I'm trying Ooh, to be my own. But okay. Edgar Allan Poe, I'd probably have to say, is, is number two. Because you know, <laughs> he wrote Annabelle Lee, and that's my favorite love poem of all time. I always love Poe. Uh, more recently, like Speaking my my favorite, my favorite mm-hmm. hip-hop. Speaking of Baltimore, born there, and then later uh, lived in... Uh, the uh, Oakland area, but my, you guys my, do know the Ravens are called the Ravens mm-hmm. after the Raven and the Edgar Allan. Poe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. That's how it yeah, all came. Like like, the Edgar, there's a lot of stuff in Virginia and the mm-hmm. Baltimore area pertaining to Poe, but uh, my favorite contemporary poet is unfortunately no longer alive is, was Tupac. But Tupac was Ooh. my favorite. Right. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, a poet. Facts. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kevin, yeah, what do we got? Um, favorite place to drink in Reno. Home. <laughs> 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 I, like to, I, like be, I like to already be mm. home with my lady and yeah. just 
taking a shot of bourbon and you don't have to drive anywhere. But if go. I had to pick up, I don't know, Z bar makes a good mojito and one of the few places in the area that actually makes a mojito. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like just getting a fucking drink down in the casino and then going to the Sands Buffet on like a a dead night, like on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night when it's cheaper and there's nobody there because everyone who's there for the weekend left Mm -hmm. and people haven't started getting there for the next weekend. You're just like... Good idea. Hidden gem out there. Yeah, you're you're (laughs) eating with people that just play bingo. Mel's breakfast too. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mel's is good. there's so many good places to it's easy mm-hmm. to be an alcoholic in Reno. Oh yes, <laughs> it is definitely. easy yeah, to definitely. be an alcoholic. But I know I know when the economy is going uh, the wrong way when like uh the beers at the sands are like a dollar fifty now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Instead of like a dollar or like yeah. two bucks. Yeah, you know? the probably Western Village used to be a dollar. Yeah, it used to be a dollar. Yeah. Um yeah, and like Count Neva too. But that's you it's know tough old streets. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you gotta get those privileged quarters out. I got another question. What would you like living on, or what do you prefer living on the east or west coast? West coast. Yeah, west coast. I'm at like correct like, answer. Yes, like, exactly. yeah. I'm at like the I. East as well. the be, some of the best, like the best Ethiopian food I've ever had in my life was in Washington D.C. And I'm, right. I'll always miss rural Virginia. Food. Yeah, but like there's a there's an underbelly to rural Virginia that that oh, there's people like think dark. that the South really it's dark, will rise yeah. again. And sure. I guess in a way, in November of 2016, it kind of did, but. uh it it's beautiful beautiful like shenandoah national park shenandoah river right it's East gorgeous is, there it and there are amazing people mm-hmm. that are people of the earth and and mm-hmm. just joyous people but there's also a lot of just corruption and the dark energy around dc and the dark energy around some of the east coast cities and just like how long corruption's been going on yeah. there is palpable and the west is more about open spaces and more as like come as you are and i was mm-hmm. raised kind of like hippie california boy where i'm like look as long as you're not being an asshole i'm fine i don't care what color your skin is just don't be a dick right uh there's a lot more of that i think in places out west but then in smaller conservative towns they're like well don't bring the don't bring that here and they're scared. They, they're they're like, trying to keep what they already have. Right. And what do they already yeah. have? That's the, that's the thing I want to ask them. Right. They have the illusion. You're of superi- clinging to nothing. All and you're, you're, and you're all going you're to die anyway. All you to is your illusion of superiority. Right. Right. And all your fuck and your privilege. Right. And I don't want to cling to my uh, privilege. I've been given a lot of love. and That's why you need immigrants as a nation, as a country, as a society. Is because the more people who have... Or who think they have there are, the less fucking productive, the less fucking you strive for greatness. Like less the more fucking dumb and weak people there are and the less strong and smart people right. there are. Because right. if you have everything already, what is there to work for? Right. That's why you need immigrants. That's why you need young people who are hungry, who are trying to they're the ones that are gonna fucking mm-hmm. create new shit. They're the ones they're gonna be out there like Elon Musk fucking yeah, he's an immigrant. Human society. His first company, he was illegal when he first started on, um, like a credit card processing thing. Oh, before gotcha. PayPal, uh, before PayPal. Gotcha. Yeah, they were illegal. Him and his brother were both illegal and made a company and sold it for three hundred million dollars. Damn. And look at him now. Yeah, like yeah. that's and the thing. Look, like he's making flamethrowers. Because okay. the people who already have the shit here, all the fucking it's people like who are privileged, are fucking weak. We get the job done. And expect the, shit to be handed. The you. people who are already here are weak, fucking entitled, yeah. and fucking clinging to their fucking privilege rather than going out there and getting shit they're bred to be weak because they already have it 
Right. Because like, and that's the dichotomy of the American dream. I think a lot of people think it should be given to people, and some people have to go go take it. Exactly. And go right. get it. Go get the American dream for yourself. Because some people out here actually trying to get it, it. Expect it. Where some to come. people's right. parents or grandparents, right? Yeah, had the American dream, and right. now those people don't have shit. Mm-hmm. Like they don't strive for anything. They, their only purpose in life is to maintain their fucking status. Their right. fucking place in society. Right. That's the problem. Right. And because of the stock shares that they will one day inherit, they can do that without exactly. really facing repercussions. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, like they, if, the, if they ever actually truly searched for new experiences, they would probably be shocked. I mean, if you're raised kind of hanging out at the yacht club, your, your life experience is different than somebody who's had to scrape to get by. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wait till I get in there. <laughs> How the fuck did he get here? <laughs> gotcha, bitches. <laughs> Too late. Well, uh, what, we word of the that? week is that what we're gonna do? We don't have a word of a week this week. Oh, because you put President Agent Orange on uh, it. No. Must have been from the other. We got one. a sports section. We can talk at the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Yeah, congratulations Eagles. to the 110 Eagles. bucks on that bet. Mm, nice. Ooh. 20 <laughs> bucks on the Eagles. I think we're all happy yeah, the Eagles won. Yeah, yeah, very happy. yeah for real. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Kobe was super pumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Nick Foles was just unfazed. Mm-hmm. It was like he was yeah. Eli Manning in a zipper suit or something. <laughs> he just didn't care. I that was. just shows you. Like, I read an article about the coaching staff and their mentality. Their mentality is like super aggressive, play to win, and if you lose trying to win, it's all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that, we're that not fourth gonna, and we're goal. Not, yeah, that, that fourth, fourth and goal, goal on the, or them going for it on the last drive. Mm-hmm. Instead oh, of punting yeah. it mm-hmm. on their own territory. Right. Like so I read a stat in the last 10 years in the NFL out of 47 instances where like a team is down in that situation. Only three times out of 47 has someone gone for it. Damn. And, but all three times they got it, The team got it and went on to win. Wow. Ooh. Just like the Eagles. That's a good one. But that's, that's the mentality. Cool. Like if we watched the game last year with the Falcons. The Falcons were playing not to lose, so they were being super conservative. Right. And that last and drive, doing everything. They were in field goal range on that drive, and then um, fucking what's his name got sacked yeah. for like a ten yard loss, put him out of field goal range. So right. the punt gave Brady a minute and a half, right? Then, Which like, is dangerous. Ninety yeah. seconds in Brady's world is dangerous <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. if you're on the other side of the field. Well, that was mm-hmm. why I loved that game. Was mm-hmm. the Eagles were aggressive when you're t- going up against the champ and yeah. someone who's been there. You have to go your hardest and yeah, leave did. nothing on the table, and that's what mm-hmm. they were like. They, they truly did. They did. They you yeah. know they had everything they wanted to do, and they're like, if we lose playing this way, they'll have no regrets. But they're like, we're not going to be like those bitch ass fucking Falcons from last year, <laughs> yeah, who have regrets. They're like, I don't, you know, like birds I'm of a feather work. did not flock together. Yeah. They did yeah. not. They were yeah. aggressive, and I love that because that's kind of my mentality. <laughs> yeah, in life, yeah. you know, like hard if, in the paint. Yeah, if you go hard and you try your hardest, and it comes up short, you know what? Fine. Well, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody can ever demand of you that you give more than the most and the best that you can give. Yeah. Right. Nobody. I mean, some people bosses do. <laughs> bosses do yeah. demand more of you than you can actually mm. physically do. But uh, in the sports world, you mm. just like, you know, just like I still remember the. You're old enough to remember the Jordan flu game. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's like, super there, sick. There is, a, that. there is a competitor. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 That's like Monday. I was so mad at the volleyball game because the, like they are all upset, you know, like some of them were almost crying and I was super fucking pissed off and I was just like, 
so was that team? I was just mm. like, was that team better than you guys? And they were like, no. And I was like, then why didn't you win? Are you mad right now? If you're mad or if you're upset, never let that happen again. Now go shake their hands and let's go. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like they knew, like they realized that moment. They were scared and didn't try. They didn't give it their all because they were fucking scared and intimidated. And I was like, never let that happen again. I oh mm. god, that's such. I uh, I when I worked with kids because I was a counselor teacher and that whole INFJ thing uh, for at risk youth and there would be kids that like they'd get two days from graduating the program and they would throw a bigger fit than they had ever thrown in their entire year that I knew them and I'm like what are you doing dude like what you're 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 trying and it's because they were scared to go home because dad was a cop. They would beat the shit out of them. So they would do great for somebody that gave them love. Me, they did great for me. But they were scared to go home so they would intentionally fail so they would stay in the program longer because they were wow. they were, they were were scared of winning. You they see, were scared to win. I see a lot of that as a teacher. It's like these kids are comfortable. Even though their circumstances are shitty, it's what they're comfortable with. And anything beyond that shittiness is an unknown. So you see a lot of them, like, once they start to be successful, not pursue it and make up excuses to not get out of that comfort. Even though it's shitty, it's still comfortable to them. Yeah. Like, oh, we have a lot of smart kids, and we'll be like, you know, like, you should apply to, you know, these programs. We can totally get you in this program. You go to a, you know, they can go to a different school than Hug. I hate to say it, but we have way more opportunities open up for them. And it's so hard to get them because... They don't want to take that chance. They don't want to get out of that that comfort zone. Yeah, sometimes like you need to get out of that comfortable zone. It's gonna be uncomfortable, obviously, but yeah. it's like at the end, it's it'll better you as a person and you need to get, so on and get so forth. Used to being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a yoga ad mm-hmm. that, that like the it was just kind of cliche, but the saying was absolutely true. It was this woman in this ungodly twisted position, gorgeous woman, <laughs> like still looking beautiful mm-hmm. even though she was literally twisting her body and like a spiral but it all it said was your comfort zone is the enemy and that's mm-hmm. that's true uh the other night at a, we had a holland board meeting and we had a person there to talk us about fundraising and like asking and they're like well, she was like one of the best things i've ever advice i got is like when i ask for money or when you're negotiating a salary you say it you say what you want out in the open and then stop talking and don't break the silence yeah. And I was like, talks first is, loses. Yeah. But I was like, this is basic teaching. Like when I say something and I'm waiting, people's inability to be comfortable in silence mm. yes. is 99% of all problems they face. Yeah. Either comfortable in silence or comfortable being in a room with their thoughts. And that was like all this ties together. Because that's sitting here thinking like what you were saying. It's the same thing. Like I was like, oh yeah. I could totally see that. You know, you'd be like, how much? And the, one of the guys on the board was like, yeah, this dude, I told him how much to ask when he was going in for his interview because the guy who's hiring him is old and doesn't know, like, what a good starting salary is. And the guy didn't ask for it. So when the other guy said something, he just agreed with it. And he was like, mm-hmm. if you had gone in there and said that, he would have given it to you. And in so many times in life, with the things you say and leave the silence – like it comes off as confidence because people are unsure mm. and just like be comfortable in that silence. Don't fucking feel 
you have to fill that space with something. No. Yeah. That I learned that lesson the hard way. Cause I had the, the stereo stolen out of my 84 Dodge Ram pickup. Uh, and I didn't have the money to replace it, but I put up my heart and soul into the speakers, the amps, the wires. I did everything myself and made this truck. It was like my first mobile apartment. You know what I mean? Like I could just listen to easy, easy, easy does it as loud as I wanted to, or like <laughs> Cypress Hill as loud as I wanted to. And my, my parents weren't there to, to say something. Um, and it was all, everything was taken on April fool's day. People went through the uh, university parking lot and got a ton of cars. And so here I was on breaks driving the five and a half hours home with no, like not even fucking AM radio, like just being out on long stretches of ugly, you know, I five yeah. mm -hmm. for miles and miles and miles, not being able to listen to anything. I actually grew to love being in silence. Like I grew to that. You meditate, yeah. Well, I mean, I try, I smoke a lot of weed and I think a lot. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that meditation? I write poetry, but I love the quiet. I love, mm -hmm. I love the quiet. And it's always interesting to me to be around people that are like, obviously can't handle silence for more than, I'm like, what are you around? I feel are bad for those people. Yeah. When I'm around those type of people, I feel bad because I'm like, what is going on in your brain where you don't enjoy peace mm -hmm. and right. tranquility? Mm -hmm. Right. What is going on with you yeah. where peace and tranquility are fucking terrifying to you? Right. Like, what have you been through? The, well, there's a Buddhist saying that don't talk unless you can improve the silence. Mm -hmm. As though silence itself is just golden mm -hmm. like i come home from work every day i mean obviously as a teacher i'm dealing you know like lots of people so like every day i come home i always have to go in my room for like 15 at least 15 minutes and i just like lay on my bed and read decompress just, a little bit and decompress mm -hmm. without like in silence, in yeah. silence. Mm -hmm. like i don't put music on yet i just sit there in silence right. and just like we're like I'll, and read usually i read yeah or sometimes i'll just like lay back and chill out mm -hmm. But I just, it's something you have to do. Like I do it at lunch mm -hmm. too. Like, you know, I have 30 minute lunch and there's so much I have to do, but I try and have like at least five to 10 minutes at the end right. where I close my door. I don't fucking have anyone in there. I don't have music on and I can just sit there in silence and read or just be peaceful and quiet. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, yes, you're mm -hmm. speaking my language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like my quiet time is uh, in the morning, like mentally prepared yeah. for my day. Yeah. And I like silence don't like my mom tries to talk to me sometimes i'm like Psh, no yeah. like yeah and just in like morning. yeah yeah and i'm just like <laughs> mentally preparing i'm like okay cool silence perfect eat, right eat my food get on my way and yeah and yes. anyone yeah we know someone who can't be like that no, it's yeah. just coming home from work and like yeah i'm like that i need at least 15 minutes don't talk to me when right. don't talk to someone when they just walk in the door and like bring up something that's oh, important yeah. in their how, many, how many relationships have been ruined because of that yeah. one issue just 15 minutes don't guy, say like something a guy that's or a yeah. gal get because mm. i've known the vast yeah. majority of guys i've known have been this way so i don't mean that like women can't be this way because right. women could be anything but, but the, va the vast majority of relationships have been that i've known have been strained by the guy gets home from work the woman also worked, but she would get home sooner. So she right. was always already home Decompressed first a little bit. And yeah. she would 
want to immediately talk to the guy mm-hmm. and immediately engage. And the it, the guy just grew, like he would get to the point where he would not go straight home. He would just go drive to the closest Target right. or Wienerschnitzel bar. or Taco Bell or bar and just mm-hmm. park, just sit in the parking lot, just sit in his car mm-hmm. with the car off and just sit there until That's he was ready thing. to go home. Yeah. And I'm like, guys... I need that, Sean. You need yeah, that. I, need I think, too, like, yeah. yeah, that's everyone. I think most people need that. Most yeah. people do need and that. Mo- yeah, some people yeah. are need to be social. But if you're right that person, away. someone's walking the door when yeah. they get home, and you're just bringing up something that's important in your life, like just take a step back and just realize there's probably something more important going on in their life mm-hmm. that you need to. Yeah, like I hate when I walk into school in the morning and I get bombarded with shit. <laughs> like literally the other day. As I was walking in the door, someone's like, oh, I need, like, here, can you fucking sign this shit and, like, look this shit up? And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> I've been here for 30 seconds. Can I at least go to my room? Yeah, can I set my bag take down? Take my bag down yeah. and my jet coat off and, like, take a deep breath before, like, right. a bunch of <laughs> shit is asked of me? Like, I... Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well. I think well, that's good to really wrap en- this up. Enjoy yeah. your silence. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sit in silence for a little bit. Yeah. And then listen it's, to it's Open a, the it's, Mix. It's yeah. important yeah. to think, but it's also important <laughs> right back to, to back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, this has been another episode. But for, mm-hmm. uh, before we go, just a couple events. Yeah. Valentine's Day this week. Check out Jesse's event at Bruca Theater. Yeah. Poets of the Caribbean, 7 yep. p.m. this Wednesday night. Yeah. Eight bucks to get in. All sorts of good poets, some good art. Check, uh, it's a fundraiser. There's a raffle. You can win yeah. some cool shit. Come support it before you, you know, after dinner or before you go home. Don't be fashionably late. But the doors open at six thirty and mm. they get locked again at seven so, until yeah. the intermission. So get because the it's like ass there theater. on time. Yeah. Get there, get there at six thirty mm, and there you early, can yeah. claim a seat mm. uh, sooner. There's nice, comfortable couches. It's a great venue. They've been very amazing to the spoken word community here in Reno. In addition to the theater that they more traditionally do, and it's been a great way to have crossover between two different art forms. So come, please awesome. check that out. Mm-hmm. And then also then, uh, you know, salutes to Lisa. Friday, February 23rd is another yep. event for Spoken Views, Lit at Night, which is at, what's the name of that place? Headquarters. Headquarters. HQ. Yeah. HQ. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah, on yeah, uh, 2nd Street, mm-hmm. right the, the before old, you get to Arlington. Yeah, it was Singer apparently Studio mm-hmm. on 4th closed down. Yes, yeah. Studio, yeah. yeah. That's where it was supposed to be. So, gotcha. mm-hmm. so those yeah, two events, now. check them out. But until next time, this is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude You Thought I Was. Uh, salute from De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Kulo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local also, the poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club, how the fuck did I get there, and the habitual home crosser. It's Kevin, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Statman, signing out. Thank you, Jesse. Salute. Thank you. Up in the mix. Peace.